2: What's going on, folks? My Take Radio episode 53 for Thursday, July 29th, 2010. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter II, Fretz of Fury. You can download that or any of the other previous intro music at ocremix.org. The track was, the artist for that track was Vertex Guy, V-E-R-P-E-X, Guy. Again, the site is ocremix.org. The caller number is 347 324 Again, that number is 347-324-3541. All right. Last week, I um, gave a little bit of information regarding the MTR site redesign, the new forum. Well, needless to say, a couple of people, you know, they already got thanked accordingly. There's one person who I still have to send a thank you to. I actually tossed a couple of donations in there, and MTR has a brand-new web host, It's currently in the testing process and should go live, I'm hoping, by next week's episode. Um, There's going to be a brand-new forum. Right now, it's a toss-up between PHPB or Simple Machines Forum. Both forums look really good. You're going to get custom avatars, chat capability, uh, private messaging to members, independent moderators, a whole bunch of cool shit for the forums I'm really excited about. In addition to that... Fact of the matter is, you're going to get also um, a completely revamped website with a brand new setup in terms of where item locations are going to be. There's going to be brand new authors. Uh, my intentions is to have. My intention is to have a uh, staff meeting hopefully tomorrow. Um, Slick knows the drill. Um, I'm hopefully going to try and link up with Bronx as well, and we're going to try and just iron out and flesh out a couple of features that are going to be distributed amongst. The different MTR staff, um, myself included, to an extent, just because I jump around a lot and cover a whole bunch of shit. But I just want to have dedicated people that you guys can count on to get some great coverage, whether it's MMA stuff or wrestling, comics, gadgets, movies. I want to make sure every, every author gets acknowledged, and on top of that, they develop their own fan base, because it's not just me, but also their contributions that help MTR grow. So... With that said, that site should be live hopefully by Thursday. There's a couple of things I'm trying to iron out in terms of design, and that should be covered. The Facebook fan page, we are up to 225 members. It fluctuates between 224 and 225. Again, the ad campaign is definitely a step in the right direction. I'm happy about that shit. Um, Above all else, of course, the more that it... The more that y'all spread the word, the better it is for everybody, not just for me, but for the show. Not only that, but in terms of just raising awareness. Not to mention also that hopefully after tonight's show, um, My Take Radio will break 1,000 downloads. If that happens, you will see a post on the site and on the fan page acknowledging that. I'm actually very proud of that. It's a culmination of a lot of hard work. Um, I've scratched the surface. When I got to 500 downloads, I was really fucking excited. I was like, ah, oh, shit, 500 downloads is badass. And then, of course, you know, you get into that, that period where you're like, fuck that. I can do six, 700. Last month, we were at 800. Um, what, month prior was 712. And right now, we're scratching on pretty much 1,000 downloads. So I'm really excited about that. And also, for you guys that are on iTunes, take a few minutes, review the show, um, There's a top 200 ranking for for a video game podcast, movie podcast, and shit like that. Um, The more you guys go in there and rank the show, the faster we'll move up the rankings. There's a lot of shows in there. Not hating, but, you know, I definitely know I can give them a run for their money with the shit we cover. Um, For those of you that have been on the site also, you'll see that a lot of new articles have been put up. Um, You got reviews from Slick, of course. You got some guest reviews from Ant. Uh, You got a couple of trailers from me. I put up the Thor trailer. I put up the trailer for that piece of shit Yogi Bear movie. This is, uh, this is one of those things you're going to hear about as well. And, um, of course, the, the big one being the Thor movie that was released, uh, the Comic-Con trailer was leaked out, so, of course, it's on the site. I don't know for how long. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you take a few minutes, head over to MyTakeRadio.com and check that out as well. Also... Got to take um, a little bit of a pot shot before I discuss it even further. Of course, at G4, I wrote an article declaring MTRs going to war with G4. Um, it's, just, it's just me fucking around, but the fact is that I'm really disheartened at the coverage that gaming and, all, and pretty much all the interest relating to gaming gets. And the fact of the matter is that G4 does a piss-poor job between programming, uh, the personalities they use, the coverage they try to offer, um, the fact that you get to see reruns of cheaters and cops and all kinds of shit on there. I ripped all that apart in the article. fact of the matter is, it, it, it's just real disheartening, and I, and I think that sometimes the best way to get some attention, you know, positive or negative, is to just go and find the biggest kid in the schoolyard and punch him in the face. And when it comes to gaming news, uh, G4 is kind of out there, especially from a TV standpoint, so fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? They read it, they don't read it, I get some hate mail, I get some hate tweets, whatever, I don't give a shit, but they do a piss poor job and it's high time somebody called them out on it. That's the fact, that's what the fact is. Um, With that being said, of course, the ads, you know the drill, the donation button, you know the drill, the forums have been a little quiet, but I can partially take blame for that because I haven't been in there because I've been getting beaten like a slave at work, so... Sorry, I apologize to those in the forums for not being there as much as I'd like. New post, you know the drill. Fan page, you know the drill. All right, let's talk about some of tonight's topics. We got some MMA news. I want to talk a little bit about this week's Monday Night Raw. We got some San Diego Comic-Con video game coverage, some superhero movie news. I got some what-the-fuck movie news because there are some really stupid movies coming out. I also got a Tales from GameStop for this week, which I want to actually discuss a little bit. And above all else, I'll be taking calls as usual. I was supposed to have Vince from Film Drunk joining me this week because he actually went to Comic-Con. He uh, had a little bit of a scheduling issue. He should be my guest next week. In addition to that, there's a couple of other people I'm trying to work on for the show, a couple of comic book artists, and as always, you're invited to share your feedback if there's anybody in particular you think is accessible enough for us to have on. By all means, I I welcome the feedback, of course. With that said, let's start some MMA news first. Of course, this Sunday, the UFC will be on versus. Um, It's going to be, the main event is going to be John Bones Jones. He's going to be fighting Vladimir Matashenko. That's actually on just the regular versus network. If you have cable, you should have it. Um, I got to tell you, John Bones Jones is a fantastic fighter. I actually put up um, some stuff for UFC 117, and I was bummed that I couldn't get a preview video for this UFC live event on versus, but the fact of the matter is, if you haven't seen John Bones Jones fight, the guy is a problem. He's ridiculous. This is a guy that German suplexed somebody in a cage during a fight. He's he's ridiculous. I mean, Slick has seen him fight. He knows the kid is the truth. Uh, Matushenko is no joke either. Um, his fighting name is the janitor. Don't let him fool you. He's a, a blue-collar bruiser. Uh, that's the term I like to use for him, and he will whoop your ass. On that card also, you got Mark Munoz, the Filipino wrecking machine. He's a fucking problem as well. He's going to be fighting Yushin Okami. You got John Howard on that card. He's going to be fighting Jake Ellenberger. Tyson Griffin's going to be fighting Takanori Gomi, the fireball kid. I'm a huge fan of Gomi's after that loss he had to Florian. I definitely want to see Gomi on some sort of a winning streak, hopefully in some lightweight title contention, so... Definitely a fight to see. Paul Kelly will be fighting Jacob Christmas Volkman. Uh, don't let his name fool you. Uh, Jacob Volkman is a very good fighter. I, every time I watch him, I'm always uh, expecting him to just get murdered in his fights, but he does a really good job of making the fights exciting and keeping them interesting. Uh, Demarcus Johnson is going to be fighting Matthew Riddle. Why that this fight isn't televised, I don't know, but I have a feeling that if any of the fights finish early, this will be a fight to watch for sure. James Sandman Irvin is going to be fighting also. I'm a fan of that dude. He's another disaster. I mean, don't get me wrong. He got murdered by Anderson Silva, but his flying knee um, KO is a UFC highlight to remember. If you get a chance, definitely YouTube that, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, That's this Sunday on Versus, and it's definitely going to be a a card to remember. And on top of that, I think it's supposed to be at 9 o'clock. I don't have my calendar open. I think it's at 9 o'clock. Nonetheless, I will, if I get some video coverage, I'll throw it up on the site just in case. Or you can, uh, actually, I took down the show calendar, so you can't check the show calendar for that. I'll probably add it in another tab on the site later on this week. In addition to that, UFC 121 is starting to take shape as one of the biggest UFC cards to date going into the winter season. Well, into the fall season, I should say um, Brock Lesnar, of course, is fighting Cain Velasquez, Matt Hamill's going to be fighting Tito Ortiz, It's going to be pupil versus student, Hamill was, of course, um, a student of Tito Ortiz during the Ultimate Fighter, great match, I expect some definite, uh, a definite wrestling exhibition from the two of them, I sincerely hope that Tito doesn't come if he loses and use any of his fucking, uh, you know, his litany of excuses, my neck hurts, my back hurts, uh, Jenna Jameson sucked all the blood out of my body. Blah 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 blah. I just hope he goes in there and does what he needs to do, because I'm I'm a huge fan of Tito's. He's he, he's a he's a, an exciting fighter. He's a great fighter and he knows how to sell fights for sure. Um, Martin Campman is going to be fighting Jake Shields. Jake Shields, of course, coming over from Strikeforce. Um, a lot of people are expecting Shields to get a title shot after his fight with Campman. I definitely personally do not want to see that happen. I'd really like to see Jake Shields fight the winner of the John Fitch-Tiago uh, Alves fight, and the winner of that fight should fight the winner of GSP and Koscheck. I think it's only fitting. Uh, Jake Shields, yeah, he was a champion in the strike force organization, and that's great, but the fact of the matter is that he shouldn't, he shouldn't just stroll on in from another organization and expect a title shot. For me personally, I think it's just a disservice to the other guys that are in there honing their craft and putting on awesome fights for Shields to just stroll on in and just because he was a champion elsewhere to get a title shot. I think two fights under his belt for sure would be interesting just to see, like I said, Shields and Fitch or Shields and Alves would be awesome to watch and then, of course, GSPs in the cards. Again, I'm not the guy that books the fights, but those are fights I'd like to see. Gabriel Gonzaga is going to be on that card. He's going to be fighting Brendan Schaub. Diego Sanchez and Paulo Thiago is going to be an awesome fight. Todd Duffy is going to be fighting John Madsen. You've got Patrick Cote and Tom Lawler. Ryan Jensen and Court McGee. Sam Stout's on the card. Chris Camozzi's on the card. I think UFC 121 is going to be a fucking problem. I'm, I'm really excited for this card. I mean, besides the fact that Lesnar and Velasquez can just go any way, it just, it, it's just fantastic. Then, of course, you got UFC 118, which is in Boston next month. Um, Jorge Rivera, who I was actually really looking forward to fighting, is out. He actually sustained a broken arm. He's getting replaced by Gerald Harris, who is a great fighter as well. He's fighting Alessio Sakara. Um, 118 is going to be really good. you got, of course, Randy Couture and James Tony. Before I go into anything further on this card, let me tell you, James Tony talks a huge amount of shit. It's... He, he's talking shit on, on career-high levels. You're talking about a guy who, this is his first mixed martial arts fight, and he, he was saying that he was offered a fight with Kimbo Slice first, and he said no. He said he wanted to fight Brock Lesnar, which they told him, you can't. So he settled for Randy Couture, but he really has his sights set on Lesnar. He actually wants to be um, the first professional boxer to hold an MMA heavyweight title and a, and a boxing heavyweight title at the same time. Can he do it? not 100% sure. I've heard things where he's training with King Mo Lawal and he choked him out uh, with a guillotine choke. You know, he's just talking really huge amount of really huge amounts of shit. He actually was in a web chat uh, earlier this week, which I tried to get in on and submit some questions, and he was just really, really getting it in. He was saying that, you know, he's going to beat Randy Couture's ass, he's going to hit Randy Couture so hard, his grandparents will feel it. Hilarious from start to finish. I think that he really knows how to sell the fight, and don't get me wrong, Edgar and Penn is the main event, but, you know, James Tony is definitely working his ass off to sell this card. Of course, on top of that, Nate Marquardt is going to be fighting Rus- Rusamar Palhares. Of course, Boston, Boston's own Kenny Florian is going to be fighting Gray Maynard. Marcus Davis is going to be fighting Nate Diaz, another exciting fight I look forward to seeing. And, of course, you got the prelims on Spike, which are going to have Alessio Sakara and Gerald Harris, like I said, and Joe Lozon is also going to be on that card. Again, great card for 118. 117 is August 7th. I mean, August is a great month for MMA. Like I said, you've got UFC on versus. You've got Silva and Sonnen, which the previews on MyTakeRadio.com, and Edgar and Penn, 2 on the 28th. The UFC Expo, of course, is that week also. 50-50 that I'm going to make it out there. I'm really doubting it, but um, the fact of the matter is they have a great lineup for the Expo as well. Uh, Chuck Liddell is going to be there, Shogun, Ben Henderson, Dominic Cruz, Forrest Griffin, Peter Ortiz, Carlos Condit, Clay Guida, Cole Miller, Ifrin Escudero, Gabriel Gonzaga, John Bones Jones, Josh Grisby, Kurt Pellegrino, Matt Hamill, Martin Campman, Pat Barry, Roy Nelson, Tiago Alves, Anthony Rumble Johnson, what? Who it, I'd like to really meet that dude because he looks like a really cool-ass dude, Ricardo Almeida, Henzo Gracie, and Uriah Faber. On top of that, Roy Nelson, who, of course, is going to be fighting uh, Junior Dos Santos, has been confirmed that the winner of that fight via MMA Live, which already aired in the U.K., is going to be fighting uh, the winner of Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez's fight. I think that Roy Nelson versus Brock Lesnar would be a completely ridiculous match because you got just superhuman Brock Lesnar and uh, Roy Big Country Nelson. Total contrast of styles, but you got heavy hands and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling out of Roy Nelson. Then you got freakish strength, ridiculous striking, and now an improved submission game from Brock Lesnar. So I'd really like to see that fight. I can actually see Roy Nelson taking it just because he's, he's a heavy dude and he really knows how to use his size to get victories, it's ridiculous if I, can, if I can get out there to the expo for the 28th I definitely would, would like to meet Roy Nelson and tell him that I used to think he was just a huge sack of shit and his humbleness and his appreciation and dedication to the sport has really turned me around, I used to talk a lot of shit about that dude and um, the fact of the matter is that yeah, I've, I've really grown to respect him. I was like fuck man this guy sucks he's a fat tub of shit and, you know, his fight against Kimbo Slice, his knockout of, of Brendan Schaub, and just his humbleness just turned me around. I, I, I got to admit, man, the, guy, the guy's exciting to watch. So we'll see how that pans out. Also, Strike Force announced this week that they have signed Ryan Couture, the, san, the son of, of course, Randy the Natural Couture, to a multi fight agreement. He's going to make his, MMA de- his professional MMA debut Friday, August 13th, at the Strike Force Challengers event in Phoenix. He's going to be fighting at Lightweight. His amateur record was 5-1-1 one, one as a lightweight with all five wins coming by way of submission. That's going to wrap up the MMA news for this week. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit of wrestling right after this.
3: You know those shows where they play video game music, and they laugh in, like, really high voices, like, Well, you won't listen to that on our show. Because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing
0: We're broke as hell
3: And uh, nobody really cares that much To laugh that hard So you um, are really looking for a show like that That has horrible audio quality And uh, Void of fake laughter Video game news radio 11pm Tuesday nights On all games
2: Alright we're back Let's talk some wrestling First off Monday Night Raw, or this week I really like to look at it as the Monday Night Trainwreck. Just because, of course, John Cena said that he has a team of seven people that are going to unite to fight the Nexus at SummerSlam. Of course, this week was all about teasing dissension amongst the members, which is a given, you know, considering that you got Chris Jericho, you got Edge in there, you got the great Khali. All these guys, they're all trying to cement their place and really take John Cena's spot, or in some cases take Cena out, like Chris Jericho mentioned in his promo this week. The fact of the matter is that Raw was really good. There were some things that... that Like the the opening match with Randy Orton and Jay Uso from the Uso Brothers was surprisingly a really good match. I think that the main selling point, of course, was getting Randy Orton further over and, of course, adding a little bit of fuel to the fire For the Orton-Sheamus rivalry. Of course, The Miz tries to come out and whoop on Randy Orton. He ends up eating an RKO. Then, later on in the broadcast, Great Khali fought Edge. Fucking no contest. The third match on the card, the Nexus fought the the, the seven Raw superstars just to show that they can really work as a cohesive unit leading into SummerSlam. I really want to call it the Nexus versus the Job Squad, and the only reason why I didn't want to use that title is because Evan Bourne was on that squad, Yoshitatsu and the Hart Dynasty, but the Nexus ended up fighting Mark Henry, Evan Bourne, like I said, Gold Goldust, Yoshitatsu, Jerry Lawler, and the Hart Dynasty. It ended up just being a mauling by the Nexus. They ended up winning... And, and being the surviving team, it, I think the whole reason for that, of course, was to get the Nexus over, but the fact that you put Jerry Lawler in there and your excuses that he has um, an existing beef with the Nexus, you could have put John Morrison in there, you could have put Our truth in there, but fucking Jerry Lawler, come on. Give me a fucking break. Then later on in the broadcast, we saw Bree Bella, who of course is one half of the Bella Twins fighting Alicia Fox. If this was a complete setup for, um, the impending return of Molina, who I heard should be on Raw next week, if I'm correct. So this was, I'd like to really just call it a squash match. The Bella Twins, the only thing they're good for is arm candy for the guest hosts, and their little swapping in and out since they look identical during tag team matches and single matches. If If they really fired them, I wouldn't feel bad. Um... Ted DiBiase fought John Morrison. Uh, Again, this is advancement for the angle going on with DiBiase and Morrison, which I don't mind. John Morrison is actually really coming into his own. He really needs to work on hitting his fucking finishing move because 90% of the time, the shit doesn't connect or it just looks really awkward. He's saved by the camera angles that make it look like he hits the move, but doesn't always get it. And it's a it's a cool move to see, but. He just needs to add a little bit of polish to it. Who the fuck am I to sit here talking about how the guy should improve his fucking wrestling moves? It's a miracle he doesn't fucking break his neck when he does it. But still, if he really wants the move to get over, he's got to fucking take care of that shit for sure. The U.S. Championship match and the, um, the WWE Championship were both... Well, no. That was a total clusterfuck. The Miz and Sheamus were fighting Chris Jericho and John Cena in the main event. The Miz, of course, being U.S. champion and having the money in the bank case, and Sheamus, of course, being the WWE champion. That's what I meant to say. Of course, these guys, they were playing on the fact that they weren't going to get along. Jericho hit the codebreaker on Cena. The Miz tried to fucking cash in his case. All kinds of shit. The Miz and Sheamus won. There was dissension towards the end. Edge speared the great Khali. John Cena fucking beating up on Chris Jericho. Just a, a whole bunch of Oh, my God, how are they going to get along to defeat the cohesive Nexus? Raw this week, I wouldn't say it was a throwaway show, but it wasn't as crisp as it should have been. And not only that, but the Nexus is really starting to run their course. If they don't do something quick with this angle, people are just going to get really tired of them, and the guys aren't going to get to connect with the audience like they should. One of the things that's being teased, of course, which I talked about last week, is the fact that John Cena is going to be the guy behind the Nexus I think right about now, while it will solidify John Cena turning heel, I think it's counterproductive considering the ass-whoopings he's taken from them these last few weeks. How's he going to explain himself? Oh, yeah, I just voluntarily let him beat my ass every week, you know, to sell the fact that I was the brains behind the whole thing. it Sounds a little too far-fetched. I think the Nexus can continue to grow if they take some of the rookies from NXT Season 2 and use that to add to their ranks and continue to just fuck people up on Raw every week. How it plays out remains to be seen. In some other wrestling news, Linda Hogan, ex-wife of Hulk Hogan, is marrying her 21-year-old boyfriend, Charlie Hill. Now, here's the, the, the craziness of that. Linda Hogan is 50. The guy she's marrying is 21, which means that he will be Brooke Hogan's stepfather and that'll make him 1 year younger than her.
0: Uh,
2: in addition to that, which is which must be killing Hulk Hogan, uh Linda Linda bought a yacht which conveniently is called alimony. Well, alimony. which is just just a blatant fucking shot at poor Hulk Hogan. It's just like I'm taking your fucking money and I bought this yacht and I'm fucking this young guy. Ugh, poor bastard. I feel I feel bad for Hogan. Um, It's funny, though, because he's actually looking into starting a new career. What they're looking at now is that Hulk Hogan's going to be a TV pitchman. He's actually going to start working with infomercial king Kevin Harrington to promote a new product called Pumax, which is a biodegradable pumice-based hand cleaner. Hogan's lawyer stated that Hogan hopes to become as legendary as Billy Mays. You know, as far-fetched as it sounds... I really want to see Hogan, like, selling, like, fucking, like, toilet cleanser or something. I can imagine the promo. Let me tell you something, brother. This toilet brother, it it gets super clean, brother, with my new Hulk Hogan brother toilet cleaner. Oh, brother, brother, brother. I can imagine him just, what you gonna do when Hulkamania's toilet cleaner runs wild on you? I can just imagine him just popping a blood vessel trying to sell you fucking toilet cleaner. Because that's what's going to happen. And the worst part is that he's doing this shit so he can pay Linda McMahon fucking alimony. <laughs> it really is fucked up. It's a terrible way to go. Um, last but not least, not, not something you hear of often, uh, former ECW and WWE diva uh, Dawn Marie actually did an interview recently where she was talking about the fact that she actually used steroids during her wrestling career. Um, One of the quotes noted in the article from the Connecticut Post was, did Vince tell me to take a shortcut? No. Did the WWE? No. Why did I do it? Because I thought that's what I needed to do in order to keep up since there was no testing policy. Oftentimes we talk about the fact that, of course, a lot of guys in WWE use steroids. Batista, we're looking at you. Um, But the fact of the matter is that Divas do use steroids to an extent, not to the extent of, of, of the men, of course, but there definitely has to be some clenbuterol being used, which helps them stay, uh, you know, keep a six pack year round. I'm more than sure there's some diuretics to take out water weight. Um, I'm more than sure there might be a little bit of growth hormone in there. It, that, that, that particular thing is hard to look for just because growth hormone, of course, makes you look really fucking freakish like the elephant man. And, um, it, it's just hard to spot, especially on women. Um, fat burners, shit like that, not surprised. I'm more than sure she probably used some stuff to accelerate um, healing from injuries, but not the worst shit I heard. Now, if you said to me, hey, um, Chris Bell, why use steroids a week before we kill this family? Then I'd be like, ah, oh, it's a little fucked up. But divas using steroids, who would have known? the fuck out of here. That's not really news, but I just had to acknowledge that because a lot of times, you know, I give a lot of shit to the the male demographic in wrestling for just being juiced to the fucking gills and being fans of that. And, of course, the fans create that. They cheer for the fucking giant jacked-up monkeys that come out, you know, Batista and all these guys. And then the smaller guys kind of get tossed by the wayside. Of course, if you've been, if you've been watching wrestling recently, you'll see that all of a sudden... There's been a shift towards promoting, you know, guys like The Miz, um, Evan Bourne, you know, smaller guys, more athletic guys, because they're really, I think, trying to break the stigma of the giant juiced-up monsters from the late 80s and mid to late 90s, so I guess it's a step in the right direction that she admitted she used steroids, I mean, fuck it, whatever. Moving on. A new wrestling game is going to be coming out based on the AAA Lucha Libre promotion, um, the PS3 and Xbox, ver- and Xbox 360 versions actually have some really cool wrestlers in the roster. I've only seen a little bit of gameplay footage for this game, and I was going to put this in the gaming section, but i got to definitely talk about some of the wrestlers that are in there. Um, Conan, of course. It wouldn't be a Mexican wrestling game without Conan. Psychosis, Silver King, uh, Vampiro. They have a wrestler in there called Zombie Clown, and I need to find out who the fuck this guy is. Um, Jack Evans, uh, Judas Macias, Dr. Wagner, uh, uh, Abysmal Negro. One of the characters I'm surprised that's not in in here is El Santo, but I'm more than sure there's going to be some sort of create a Mexican wrestler feature, create a day laborer and a mask feature. Whoops, that kind of slipped out. (laughs) Um, The fact of the matter is that great roster, and I think it's just something refreshing for the wrestling game genre, considering that WWE's the company that puts out most of the wrestling games. The TNA wrestling game wasn't that good. So maybe a little Lucha Libre wrestling will be a step in the right direction. We'll see how that pans out. And last but not least, in some other Hulk Hogan news, there was actually rumors on Twitter today that Hulk Hogan died. Luckily, uh, TNA President Dixie Carter uh, put a squash to that by putting up a tweet that said Hulk Hogan is alive and well. He did not drown. Not sure how these rumors got started. Awful. I think that if Hulk Hogan drowned, everyone would know it, and if he were to drown, it would probably be throwing himself off the alimony boat. That's how I think it's going to go down. But um, not wishing any ill on Hulk Hogan, but come on, the guy's fucking shilling toilet cleanser or whatever the fuck it is to to get some money, and he's in TNA, and he barely can walk. I really just feel bad for the poor bastard, but you know what? I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to talk some games. Right after this message. Hey, everybody, this is Donnie Anderson from Tumbling with Tumbleweed, I'm
3: here with my daughter, Sophia, who has
2: a very special message
0: for all of you. Sophie? Listen to Tumbling with Tumbleweed, or my daddy will kill you. (laughs)
4: Uh, I will. (laughs) Live Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Standard Time on the talk Radio
2: Network. All right, and we're back. Let's talk some video games. A lot of video game news came out of the San Diego Comic-Con this week. There's certain things that some of you guys obviously know. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, definitely strange that you hear so much gaming news coming out of the San Diego Comic-Con. It's really uh, definitely a strange thing to hear, but I'm not surprised considering how closely... How close the correlation is between gamers and comic book fans in some cases, the the fans being fans of both things, myself in particular, and I'm more than sure some of the people in the chat share the same interest, whether it's comics and games or just comics or just video games. So I'm not surprised that it's slowly all starting to come together. First bit of news this week is the demo for Mafia 2 will be released August 10th for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, as well as Windows PC systems as well. The demo is going to give players a chance to play the buzzsaw level, where you get to use the main character, Vito, and his buddy, Joey, and also his other friend, Henry, to take out a monster known as the Fat Man. The demo, according to 2K Games, takes place during the summer of the 50s a time considered the birth of cool, and with it rock and roll, hot rods, and rebellious attitudes. Mafia 2 drops August 24th in North America, August 26th in Australia, and August 27th internationally on the 360, PlayStation 3, and Windows. If you've been on MyFakeRadio.com anytime these last few weeks, you would have seen the trailer for A Little Big Planet 2. That will be coming out November 16th. Um, They're actually going to have some really cool pre-order incentives for certain stores where you pre-order the game from. Wow, color me shocked. Best Buy will get um, a Toy Toy Story Aliens costume pack for your sack boy or sack girl characters. Also, you're also going to get, if you buy from GameStop, you're going to get Clue from the upcoming Tron Legacy movie. If you pre-order through Amazon, you're going to get Ratchet and Clank costumes. And, of course, any pre-orders are also going to include four animal costumes, the Cobra, the Vulture, the Mandrill, and the Crocodile. In addition to that, if you buy the pre-ordered, well, if you buy the collector's edition of the game for $79, you're going to get a 7-inch Sackboy plush, and you're also going to get some bookends. You're going to get all the pre-order costumes. You're also going to get a, co- a costume for Gonzo from the Muppets, and also Jack and Daxter costumes and five PSN avatars. So you're going to get all that if you buy the collector's edition for 80 bucks. First thing i got to say is I'm really a huge fan of Little Big Planet, the creativity and and just the the simplicity of that game is just really cool. On top of that, for me, I personally consider it a huge stress reliever. It's just a really mellowing game. It's very fun, not too crazy, not super casual because there's a huge um, amount of creative things you can do with the game, but it's just a fun game overall, and I have a feeling that Little Big Planet 2 is just going to be just as successful, and considering they're releasing all these really cool costumes for your Sackboy or Sackgirl characters, it's just going to continue being a runaway success. I mean, right now you've got the Marvel costume pack on the PSN, which you can pick up and dress your Sackboy or Sackgirl as, you know, characters like Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Thor. Really cool game, really fun. I'm actually really excited to pick that up when November 16th comes out, so Again, 79.99 for the Collector's Edition, you get a plush, the bookends, all the pre-order costumes including Gonzo and Jack and Daxter and five PSN avatars. For those of you that are fans of Star Wars The Old Republic, they're actually going to be adding uh, space battles as well, you're going to be able to get space combat in, um, you're going to be able to fly around the galaxy map and engage asteroid fields, enemy fighters, frigates, and destroyers as well. So. Not only, going to get, not only are you going to have lightsaber combat and RPG elements, which you've always enjoyed from the Star Wars Republic franchise, but you're also going to get a little bit of space combat action as well. I remember playing um, the first, I believe, uh, was it Old Republic? I think it was Old Republic, the first Star Wars game uh, from Bioware. And for me, it was, it was kind of enjoyable. It, it really, by the third or fourth hour, it really just got incredibly boring for me. I know a lot of people, they, they love that particular genre of Star Wars games and more power to them. It's just not my thing, but nonetheless, if you're really looking forward to it, you're going to get the opportunity to engage in a little bit of space combat as well. Now, of course, I see people already talking about it in the chat room. Uh, you're gonna There was the announcement at the San Diego Comic-Con of Tekken X Street Fighter or Street Fighter X Tekken, of course. Street Fighter X Tekken is being done by Capcom. There's already photos up, which you can check out on mytakeradio.com as well as video. And um, pretty much you're going to have the, in the Street Fighter X Tekken version, it's going to be done using Street Fighter 4 graphics. You can see from the photos on mytakeradio.com. Uh, Jin is drawn in the same style. As, I mean, not Jin. Kazuya is drawn in the same style as the Street Fighter 4 characters. I really am interested. I mean... The visuals are very impressive. I really would like to see the control scheme, and I'd like to know how they pretty much put most of those attack commands um, from Tekken into Street Fighter. Is it going to be mostly, you know, half circle, quarter circle, you know, dragon punch motions, 360 motions to get all the special moves in addition to standard strikes, or is it going to be a hybrid of Tekken control and Street Fighter control? I think that based on the speed that the game was moving in video, You know, in the video footage, I think it's all going to be, you know, input-based in terms of half-circle, quarter-circle, things of that nature. And on the Namco side, the Tekken X Street Fighter is going to be done in the same style as the newly released Tekken game. And it's going to have the same 3D plane. You're going to see the Street Fighters come into the the Tekken world. Uh, Again, same thing I'd like to see. I want to know how they're going to do the control scheme for the Street Fighter characters in the Tekken universe. Of course, there's going to be the typical directional inputs, half-circle, fireball, all that shit. But in terms of just, you know, using the, the standard, you know, button-mashing style of Tekken with Street Fighter characters, I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out. That's not even going to be out till at least 2012. The gameplay is going to be, like I said, for Street Fighter, it's going to be on a 2D plane but it's also going to have a tagging system similar to Tekken Tag. You're probably going to see a few more announcements for that game at Capcom's Captivate event in April 2011. Capcom's version will be releasing first, and the Namco version is rumored to be released probably in 2013. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how each of these companies is able to translate the, the characters from their respective franchises, and as well as the controls. I'm definitely excited. As a fighting game fan, as, as a fan of both franchises, I definitely am looking forward to that. That's one of those things that you always used to hear when you were growing up. Oh, man, it'd be cool if they did Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter versus Tekken, and it's slowly starting to pan out. Now, if they did Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter, I think my life would be complete. So we'll see how that pans out. Of course, like I said, we'll hear more about it probably for Capcom's Captivate event in April 2011 in addition to that there was also an announcement from Yoshinori Ono letting the fans know about Street Fighter 3 which is going to be released the Third Strike Edition it's going to be Street Fighter 3 Third Strike online Um, they're trying to figure out if it's going to be a direct port from the Dreamcast from the Dreamcast title or if it's going to be completely redone it shouldn't be it's being worked on as we speak but it won't be out for the immediate future so right now, you're going to be able to get Street Fighter Three soon, and you're going to get two new fighting games for Street Fighter characters. In addition, you still got um, Marvel vs Capcom Three in the works. It's definitely a, a, a great, it's going to be a great couple of years for fighting game fans. Again, super excited for that shit. I'm, ju- I'm just going to fucking pour my wallet out for everything, which brings me up to, um, to deviate a little bit to my tales of GameStop for this week. So of course, I um, take a break from my job at the Shove-It-In and decide to wander into the mall, and, of course, I wander into GameStop because what the fuck else is there, and I see the flyer on the wall to pre-order Tekken X Street Fighter or Street Fighter X Tekken. Now, of course, when I walk in, you've got your typical... I'm noticing that GameStop has a very unique hiring system, and um, I already see one of one of one of the young ladies in the forum who I believe works at GameStop is prepared for my rant, I'm assuming. Fact is I go in there, I see the big pic the big poster and the picture. You know, pre order Tekken X Street Fighter and Street Fighter X Tekken right now. So I wander over, I'm looking at some of the stuff that's there. They actually had some of the tournament edition joysticks, which you don't see out often. It was actually on the counter as opposed to behind the counter. Of course, easily accessible for some degenerate asshole to grab and steal and run out with, but no here, no there. So I'm looking at it, and the guy's like, yeah, man, they're going to do a Street Fighter X Tekken joystick. Probably when Tekken versus Street Fighter, or Street Fighter versus Tekken comes out. You know, we'll probably be taking pre-orders for that in a few weeks. So, of course, I'm staring at the poor bastards, and I'm just like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I asked him, I'm like, when's the game coming out? Oh, probably next year. Oh, for God's sakes, man. If you're going to work in the fucking store, at least learn your bullshit. Stick to the fucking script. I'm like, dude, are you sure about that? I'm here in 2012, probably 2013. No, nah, man, we... We we get the release calendar shortly after a lot of these big events, and it has the. stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so full of shit. Now, in regards to the hiring, this is how it works. You get the really hardcore, I-want-to-be-manager white guy. You always have him. Then you always got the husky black guy who has a tendency to sometimes have B.O. Sometimes he's extremely nerdy. Sometimes he's not. Then... You got your atypical female pseudo-hot chick that they get in there because they assume that male gamers buy games with their dick when girls are selling it to them. In in the midst of me watching this, a guy wanders in, and it's two Spanish guys, and they're talking to each other, and one guy says in Spanish, like, yo, man, I love coming in here because this chick always hooks me up. So, of course, I'm fucking laughing because they're saying it in Spanish, and I'm like, you fucking guys are stupid. So the girl, of course, is you know they come over. She said to them, which conveniently enough, she fooled me because she too spoke Spanish, and she was like, oh you know what can I help you with? And the guys are like, yeah man, you know we want to get um I think it was Medal of Honor or some shit. We want to pre-order it. So she was like, oh well you know if you pre-order it now you get some shit for free, and you know I'll even toss in the subscription for the magazine. So these guys are like, oh shit, we get the magazine for free? I'm like. Oh my God, you guys are fucking dumb. So she ended up gaming them for the uh, pre-order, the quote-unquote subscription, and then she started offering the reward zone program that Best Buy is going to offer. That Best Buy is going to offer. It it was just total horseshit. She was like, "Oh yeah, in a few weeks we're going to be launching this new program. You're going to be able to get all these cool bonus points. All you got to pay is fourteen dollars." Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the guy's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Just staring at her low-cut, semi-Super Mario brother-ish T-shirt that she had on. I'm like, holy shit, you guys are fucking dumb. So, while I'm watching all this unfold, I had tuned out the uh, black guy with the B.O. and the managerish white guy who were selling me on pre-ordering Street Fighter vs. Tekken. So, of course, I turned around and I'm like, look... You guys really need to get your facts straight. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, you know, I have to I have to throw out the fucking the show card. I'm like, look, I do a fucking show once a week. I get all the news. I cover all this shit. You guys are totally fucking wrong. Google that, bitch. You'll see the shit doesn't come out till 2012. He's like, "Well, well, I guess you're not going to pre-order it, huh?" I'm like, "You motherfucker, no! The game's not going to be out. We'll probably be fucking dead by then." I think God is just going to come down and fist pump the fucking planet and it's just going to blow up. That's what it's going to be. It's just going to be a techno beat. God's going to fucking come out. He's going to have dark glasses. He's going to pull up his robe and have abs like the fucking situation. And then he's just going to fist pump the planet and it's just going to blow up in 2012. Are you kidding me? I'm really just staring at them. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is the most absurd shit ever. And um, I, w- I was horrified, horrified at watching these guys fucking shill me this bullshit. And it's unfortunate. And, of course, the mom and the kid came in as I'm walking out. And the kid's like, Mom, look, they got Street Fighter vs. Tekken coming out. And sure as shit, oh, can I, can I pre-order it? Oh, yeah, we're taking pre-orders for it. And the poor little kid, five bucks. So they get the kid for five bucks. They get some money off some Mexicans, and everybody's happy. And I, of course, am just dumbfounded at GameStop and their fucking bullshit. It really is absurd. It is fucking ridiculous. And, and I can't even fault GameStop for trying this shit, because people fall for it. It's like when the Kinect was first announced and nobody knew the price. They were already taking pre-orders for it. And I'm sure there's, there's a couple of people that are going to be like, yeah, well, these guys are just doing their job and blah, blah, blah. And Look, we all do jobs. Pimps do jobs, too, pimping out hoes. But at least they let you fucking look at the merchandise and kind of give you a decent fucking offering on the shit. GameStop pimps out their games. Sometimes they don't even know what the fuck they're selling you. And I'd say at least 60% of the time they're misinformed. Not only that, but they try and show you some fucking rag magazine that they put out and their reward zone program, which I've discussed in previous broadcasts, which is utter bullshit. I'd rather go a fucking Best Buy. At least they're, non, they're, they're non-personable. I fucking pl- pluck my game out of a rack, walk to the cashier, pay for it, and that's it. I mean, sometimes it's nice to walk in and you'll bump into a, a couple of knowledgeable guys or girls that aren't really hard-pressed to offer you anything, and I like to call those career GameStop employees, because they got three, four years under the belt. They know how to get the right amount of pre-orders in so they don't get fired. They know who to fucking shill the shit to. I miss those days, because there were a lot of GameStops that were that way. Now it's becoming, you know, motherfuckers that need jobs and don't want to get fired. It's, uh... Ugh, Fuck. I could fucking rant on GameStop for another fucking hour, but I'm not going to do it to myself. The last bit of GameStop news I will share is that they they acquired the flash gaming site Congregate. Congregate, of course, was bought for an an undisclosed amount of money, which uses a microtransaction system and has a strong community of over 10 million monthly visitors. Along with this, around 8,500 developers make various flash games for people to try out. For players who may be worried that GameStop would try to destroy what Congregate has built up, Jimmy and Emily Greer, Congregate co-founders, will keep creative control on the site. The site will just become a wholly owned subsidiary of GameStop. Translation, they'll maintain the site, but you'll be able to pre-order the Flash games at your local GameStop. That's what's going to fucking happen. Because why wouldn't it? Or or you're going to be able to buy used Flash games, you know, the, you'll have a temporary license, and then they'll buy the, the, the Flash license back from you for 50 cents and sell it to some poor schmuck for a dollar. Of course, that's not going to happen, and that's just me talking shit, but who knows? In some, in some 3DS news, Nintendo told Bloomberg Japan that 3DS information will be available September 29th. The announcement will be made in Japan and will mainly focus on Japanese gamers, but an American release date may also be revealed as well. So let me get this straight. Nintendo told a news outlet about another news event that's not happening for about two months, roughly. Ah, you've got to love Nintendo. They're getting that hype jumping. But the rumor is that you're going to see the 3DS by March 2011 for sure. We'll see what happens. DC Universe Online, I put the trailer up on MyTakeRadio.com. It was a fucking kick-ass cinema trailer. It's, of course, your typical MMO. You create your hero. You join up with staple DC heroes and villains. You go through missions. You do all this shit. It's going to be a separate MMO fee from your standard PlayStation fee. Um, you don't have to pay the PlayStation fee from what I'm hearing. You only can have to pay the MMO fee. If you, you, like, in other words, you don't need PSN Plus to play online, uh, to play DC Universe online. We'll see what happens in November when the shit comes out, but they did announce at Comic-Con that you're going to be able to do a new feature called Play as an Iconic. The term Iconic is being used to describe licensed DC characters. In the main game, of course, you'll play as your custom characters, getting guidance and help from Batman, Superman, and, you know, your typical DC mainstays. But in Play as Iconic bonus mode, you'll be able to play as DC heroes or villains in a two-on-two player versus player match. Um, the Sony online entertainment rep said, that the the mode was put in, it's just really to fill out all the options and play styles that people would want to do. At launch, play as iconic will only feature characters from the Batman franchise, which is probably DC's most mainstream draw. Anyway, of course, more iconic characters will be added over time. They're going to have their unique moves and powers, and it'll be distinct enough from your player-created characters where you can take that PvP currency from that mode and use it to spend on gear for your custom characters. Overall, I think it's a really cool idea. Sometimes people get dissuaded by the fact that they have to play as their custom hero or villain, and they don't get to play as, you you know, Batman and Superman or Lex Luthor or the Joker. I think adding this mode in is definitely going to add more replayability to the game. It's going to give people another option, and it's definitely going to entice more people to buy it. I mean, personally, I was really glad when I heard about it, just because... Yeah, you can create your own character and go through all the missions and all that stuff, and that's cool, but sometimes you want to fuck people up as Batman or, or, you know, kill people with the Joker. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, when you played Arkham Asylum and you played through it with Batman, they actually had a mode where you can play as the Joker as, at least. It adds a little bit of replayability. It entices, like I said, people to buy the game. Overall, it's a totally cool move on their part. I'm only hoping that the game is as good as the trailers and the bloggers and journalists have said it really is going to be. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping that when the New York Comic Con comes in October, they'll have maybe some playable footage that we can check out as well. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. There's a fuckload of movie news for this week, and we're going to fucking go into that right after these messages. Oh, hey, little girl, what are you doing? Listening to Tumbling with Tumbleweed, what are you doing, old man? Hey, should you be listening to a show like that?
3: Mind your own business. Wait, huh. Hey, aren't you Donnie
2: Tumbleweed? I certainly am, and thanks for listening. Tuesday
3: night's
4: live
2: on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Of course, you can catch Don Anderson's show, like I said, like the commercial said, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, you can catch MMA Gospel which is another friend of the show Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network and before I get into movies this week gotta send out a couple of birthday shout outs it's of course uh, MTR staffer and, for, and of course huge supporter of the show Bronx's birthday so a quick shout out to my boy Bronx it's gonna be his birthday actually in seven minutes it's a shame he's not in here or he would hear me tell him that over the air but nonetheless I'm sure you guys will Convey that message to him. So, happy birthday to Bronx. Happy birthday to Bob, aka Babam, of course, another supporter of the show and just a fucking cool ass dude and a fucking fighting game fanatic just like myself and Bronx. So, happy birthday to those guys. It's also my nephew John's birthday. I believe he turned 16, so happy birthday to him as well. And that is the birthday shout out portion of the show. So, with that said, let's talk some movies this week. Of course, Wouldn't be a movie segment without a shitload of comic movies being talked about. First off, Deadline is reporting that Working Title Productions is looking to bring the Astro City comic book to the big screen. Co-creator Kurt, I always fuck up this guy's name, Kurt Busse will write the script based off the stories of the series that started in 1995. Of course, the comic takes place in Astro City and features superheroes such as The Hanged Man, Jack in the Box, Winged Beauty, and The Samaritan battling supervillains such as Infidel, the Deacon, and the Conquistador. So, the fact that, you know, like I said in a couple, of, a couple of episodes back, Hollywood tends to go through cycles. Lately, all comic book movies, all graphic novels, last, last, year, last two years was books, J.K. Rowling, Twilight, Vampire Diaries on TV, all that shit. This year, year of comics and graphic novels, to the point where they're fucking going to drain it dry. And it's funny because during Comic-Con this week, they um, interviewed Sylvester Stallone about the Expendables. In the midst of that, he was talking about the decline of the 80s action hero. And he actually stated that the reason that there was such a huge decline of the 80s quote-unquote action hero was because of Batman. I'm just going to read you a couple of excerpts from his, uh, from his uh, panel, from, from the Expendables panel. When asked about the decline of the 80s action hero, he blamed it on the first Batman, and his comments were as follows. It was the first Batman movie, he said, referring to the 1989 film starring Michael Keaton, an actor never known for biceps. He said the action movies changed radically when it became possible to Velcro your muscles on. It was the beginning of a new era. The visual took over. The special effects became more important than the single person. That was the beginning of the end. I wish I had thought of the Velcro muscles myself. I didn't have to go to the gym for all those years. All those hours welded into the Iron Game, wedded, wed to the Iron Game, as we call it. First off, the fact that he would blame that on Batman is totally fucking stupid. And I'm, I'm a fan of the extent of, of, of the Expendables, but the fact is that, that, let me tell you something. Sylvester Stallone did a fuckload of 80s movies, of 80s action flicks, in addition to the great movies like Rocky and all that. You had Nighthawks. You had Cobra. Yeah, all those movies were during his quote-unquote juice head phase. Of course, you had Rambo, all the Rocky films. He sold those movies because people cared about the characters. When you started doing movies like Get Carter... Or, or any of those other stupid, or Tango and cash, nobody gave a fuck about you, man. And you can't even blame Batman. The fact of the matter is, the Batman character is based on the fact that if you have a lot of money and a motivation to do good, you can. Batman isn't fucking jacked up to the gills. He's, a, he's an athletic guy who works out just like most people, but also has a ton of free time to do it and a fuckload of money. I like, uh, yeah, Dark Helmet referenced another gem, uh, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd was a fucking comic movie, and it sucked ass. Very, very, um, I I would really like to say a very biased commentary from Stallone, but I'm not surprised. When asked about working with Schwarzenegger and Willis, he said each of us chose a different style. Arnold was king of the one-liners. Bruce was witty and talkative. He had all those... He, he had all these verbal pirouettes, and I was pretty silent. My guys, they seemed haunted a lot of the time, but Bruce's guys were usually Teflons, Teflon characters. Arnold's characters were relentless like this perfect machine. People have always asked if I could play the Terminator. My response always is, are you kidding? Not a chance. I never could have played the Terminator. When asked about actors being in their element, he said, when the battle is on, that's easy. When boxers are in the ring, they're simple. It's when the fight is over. That's when the other fight, the real fight, begins. That's the problem. It's like Frank Capra said in his book, reality started when he drove through the gates of Paramount. The surreal life started when he drove back home. Why do some actors want to do nine films a year? It's their element. They're more comfortable in the unreal world. Now, I think the problem with Stallone is that he's drinking a lot of fucking Haterade, and he's just mad at the fact that Every other piece of shit movie he's put out has bombed, unless it had the names Rambo or Rocky in it. Nobody's given a fuck about anything he's done. That's because you've never solidified yourself as being more than a one-dimensional actor. It's unfortunate, but it's fucking true. He was always a one-dimensional dude. He was always the tough guy, the hero, the, the tortured soul you want to you wanna talk about utter shit? If you ever got an opportunity or you get an opportunity, look for the movie The Specialist. In the movie The Specialist, he played an explosive expert that was hired by Sharon Stone to kill this fucking guy that killed her family, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, that was the worst fucking acting out of Stallone in a while. That movie was shit. And it wasn't even, you know... Him being juiced to the gills, you know, he was, you know, the tortured guy. But it was still an action movie with some of the worst fucking dialogue ever. You want to go even crazier? You look at Assassins with him and Antonio Banderas, another fucking paperweight of shit. It amuses me that he blames his his quote unquote failures in the action genre on Batman and on superhero movies. Why don't you blame it on the fact that you're fucking one-dimensional and you can only do action movies? You know why The Expendables is going to be awesome? Because nobody's ever seen a mindless action movie in at least ten years. At least. I think Crank was the last mindless action movie that everybody or anybody gave a fuck about. And the fact of the matter is, look who's in Crank. Jason Statham. Who the fuck is in The Expendables? Jason Statham. Wow. Wow think about it. All one-dimensional dudes that are good at playing one-dimensional characters. And you know what? I love him for that. But I hate the fact that he's sitting there really shitting on these quote-unquote Velcro biceps. You don't always have to be the fucking toughest-looking dude. And a perfect example of of that is if you watch MMA and you see fucking Fedor, that motherfucker looks like an accountant. Can he rip your spine out of your fucking back and beat you with it? Absolutely. I think Stallone is too too image conscious, and too one-dimensional. He's stuck in, he's really stuck in the 80s. And that's fine, but don't find excuses to fucking acknowledge why you're not doing good. It's absurd. It really is a, a, a poor attempt at going through that, through that whole, oh, I'm not successful because of this and this and this. You know, looking for a, for a scapegoat, for a fucking excuse. Man the fuck up. Say, hey, you know why my movies didn't do good? Because they sucked. Why, why don't you just say that? I, I figured The Expendables would be awesome. Yes. That's going to make you a household name again for a couple of years. Look at Steven Seagal. He's in fucking Machete, and he's like a two-bit bad guy. He's not even a top billing. He's not even a good guy because at some point you've got to wake up, especially if you're an older action star, and come to the realization that your time is up, and if you want to stay relevant, you got to fucking evolve. I just was so annoyed when I read that shit because it was just a, a, a real pussy move on Stallone's part, but, eh, what can you do? I think, I think Kai is holding, let's bring him in. Kai, what's going on, dude? Hello. What's up, brother, what do you got?
3: Hey, what's going on, man? So, Stallone hates Batman, huh? The uh, <laughs> he hates, he blames Michael Keaton for his downfall. Not all the shitty movies he made. That's, that's, uh, that's fascinating. That's up
4: there.
2: How terrible is that shit that you can't man up, you're a grown-ass man, and you can't say, my movie sucked because the, the people changed and the audience changed. After a while, people got tired of those fucking cookie-cutter action films. Dude, Judge Dredd was a crock of shit. And it was a comic movie. So, yeah. pot, meat, pot kettle. You're blaming, superhero, <laughs> you're blaming superhero movies, you fucking asshole. And you were
3: one. Well, I like how he says it at Comic Con. Like, I, I know the Expendables, he's doing promotions for that and shit. But I like how he waits till now to go. No, you know what I think. You know why I think I, I failed as an actor. Uh, it's not because I, I can't act, or I, I had that one good character, uh, Rocky Balboa, that everybody loved, and I tried to imprint in every role I did. But uh, yeah, you know, Tim Burns Batman. That's what. That that was the undoing. You know, and and but. The, the old school action movies is it so bad that they kind of went out
2: of style? Like... Well, no. You you got to look at it like this. Think about it. Let let us let me let me give you some some prime examples of of Stallone action flicks, if if I may. You you got to look at Demolition Man. Great movie.
3: Oh, a great fucking well, movie.
2: But if you watch that movie now, years later. It it really looks fucking dated, because action movies like that, they just don't age well. You know, he thought yeah. about, you know, oh, you know, the action movies. Dude, they don't age well. You watch them, and you laugh. You know what I watch Demolition Man for now? For for a couple of funny lines. Well,
3: it is. It's, I, a, it's a comedic fucking movie. Him in mean, fucking when he's like, uh, he's like hey, Phoenix, you're on TV, and he hits him with the fucking... Uh, <laughs> The fucking television set. Uh, that's just fucking funny, man. But I mean, as far as like setting the standard of an action movie, so, I mean the shit's kind of fucking weak. I mean Dennis Leary's in there, but I mean that, that's about it. That's the only thing that keeps me uh, fucking going back to it.
2: Well, you gotta think. You gotta think about the fact that you know I always like to reference Nighthawks because that was before he became <laughs> he became juice of the fucking Gills from 1981, and he wasn't terrible. He w- he was actually a good actor, not just fucking. Steroids and a fucking hey, what are you doing? He wasn't steroids and a fucking shitty Brooklyn accent. Then, yeah. then you know he did he did First Blood. He was good in that, of course. That that's fucking legendary. Rambo two, he started to believe his hype a little bit. By the time Rambo, you know Rambo three came out, forget it. He was already he was already fucking knee ankle deep in fucking steroids. You know then he did such great gems like Lockup from 1989, Tango and Cash. Let's not even talk about Rocky Five or Oscar or Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. How the fuck do you expect people to give a fuck about you when you did a movie called Stop or My Mom Will Shoot? But it, get, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Let's talk about Cliffhanger. Bag of shit. Demolition Man was good. Special. Oh, you know, like
3: Cliffhanger where John Lithgow was the bad guy?
2: Come on. Get the fuck out of here, John Lithgow with his fucking lazy eye. He's like a white Forest Whitaker. The fuck out of here, John Lithgow. Dude's Actually, it was confirmed
3: uh, John Lithgow is going to be the Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know how we were talking about the uh, remake? <laughs> uh,
2: uh, but, but it gets better, it gets better. Him bitching, here's a couple of other gems. You had Assassins from 1995. Another bad
3: yeah,
2: shit. Let's talk about Daylight. Daylight? Yeah, Daylight. Where they were strapped the Yeah, where they were in the fucking tunnel. Let's talk about that. How about going into Get Carter, another bag of shit, which was a remake, or Driven? How about that? Yeah, so, I was talking
3: about that in the chat. Like, I, I was surprised that Stallone could actually fit in an F1 car. Like, I, I thought that was fucking amazing.
2: He didn't become relevant until Rocky Balboa, of course, and Ramble. And you want to know why he became relevant again with both those movies? Because he went back to the formula that works, playing the lovable goof or the mercenary with a conscience.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that that's what kind of. I'm not going to say it resurrected his career, because, I mean, the guy's doing expendables now, you know. And uh, whether or not he had resurrected his, his shit, it, the movie was probably going to get made no matter what with all the names in there uh, that are recognizable to people. But, uh, yeah, it, the, I mean, Rock, Rocky Balboa, that's the sixth one, right? Of the Rocky franchise. Yeah, yeah that,
2: was the, that was the last one, and it was surprisingly good. But again, he went back to a formula that works. You know, no, playing no, exactly. the blue collar guy. So no, the blue collar guy that made people relate to him. Now, yeah, you Mar- know, just like
3: uh, what was it, Mickey Ward and the wrestler? Well, no,
2: what I was going to say was that what I was going to say was that whole larger than life, I'm going to shoot everybody with a machine gun phase. That shit went yeah. out the window because it wasn't believable.
3: Yeah, but it's just—I mean—it's sad that those are the only those two characters. I mean, that's what we know him from, like, mainly. Like, he, you know, like you said, he did all these other shitty fucking uh, side fucking project movies or whatever. But, you know, he goes back to the formula that he's good at. You know, where, you know, the roof first blood or fucking, you know, uh, being the fucking, being Rocky again and shit. And, I you know, I really liked uh, Rocky Balboa. And Rambo, I didn't think was that bad either, you know, uh, for what the movie was. You know, as long as you don't think, you know, it's okay. Just sit down with some fucking ultraviolence. But, you know, it's kind of sad that that's the only things he can do. And, you know, it just comes down to, you know, maybe you should just kind of retire, you know, because if if that's the only two characters you're good at, how many fucking more of these movies are you going to make? You know, I mean, that's just kind of going by the wayside. No one fucking does that anymore because there's just no money in it.
2: Dude, what fucking other genre of movies is Stallone going to do? Imagine Stallone doing, like, The Notebook. Hey, she could fucking uh, remember me. (laughs) <laughs> she remembers me. I well, love be you. be in Twilight. That'd be awesome. Uh, imagine a sparkly Sylvester Stallone in Twilight. Hey,
3: why am I sparkling? I'm a vampire. Ugh. Uh, okay,
2: uh, uh, I apologize. Uh, dude, but, but you know what it is? You're complaining about your shortcomings, but you did nothing in your life to change them. So stick to yeah. making fucking Expendables <laughs> and Expendables 2 and Rocky 15 and fucking Rambo in space and shut the fuck up.
3: But, I mean, the thing is, he kind of closed the chapters on those characters, so he's kind of fucked. Because, like, Rocky Balboa, where do you go after that besides Rocky the funeral or Rocky the eulogy, you know? And then Rambo is like, dude, seriously, he's, like, fucking 60, and he's going to be in the fucking Outback killing fucking kangaroos or something? Like, I I don't... There's not much more he can do with either of those characters, so he's kind of fucked in that respect. I mean, I think that he should just do the Expendables and then just walk the fuck away. I and mean, has he made enough money now where he could just relax and chill out?
2: Dude, I would, if I were him, I'd do Expendables 1 and Expendables 2, the search for more money, and, <laughs> th- and that would be that. Just leave it at that and hang it the fuck up, because then people are just going to be like, dude, you're fucking milking it, and you're like 60. But that's okay, because there's a couple of other news bits that you're going to love with so- some other characters from the Expendables for sure.
5: Uh-oh.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Anything else you want to add, bro?
3: Uh, no, I'll, I'll chime in later when you get some more uh, crazy shit.
2: Uh, all right, dude. Thanks for the call.
3: All right, man.
2: Later. You see, I, fucking Stallone, man. That fucking statement pissed me the fuck off. Uh, that's a really good line. Strider says Stallone is going to be in the same elderly home as Solid Snake. You know what's going to fucking happen Stallone is probably going to try and be Solid Snake. He's going to be like, I'm going to try my hand at a video game movie. And he's going to be Old Snake or some really stupid shit. Because that's where he's at right now. He's really trying to, to grasp those, those last bits of glory. And I'm not mad at the dude. I just hate that you blame your shortcomings on shit that you could have fucking taken care of yourself. In other news, here's, here's, a, here's a, a, my first piece of what-the-fuck news. Elizabeth Hurley. Of course, you know her from that stupid-ass movie with Brendan Fraser where she was the devil, blah, blah, blah. Nonetheless, she's going to be playing a vampire. Big shocker because that's the buzzword. The actress is set to star in a movie called High Midnight. Okay. You guys are wondering, all right, you're a vampire in a movie called High Midnight. Is it a softcore porno flick on Cinemax? No! It is a vampire western! High Midnight is a vampire western with, directed by Mary Lambert, who did Pet Cemetery. She's going to be joining Vincent D'Onofrio, Taylor Nichols, Emilio Rivera, William Baldwin, and Tom Creshman from Wanted, Ted Raimi from Dragon in Hell, of course, and Kevin Weissman from Alias. Supposedly, this movie's been in the works since 2008. The film tells the story of a broken-down sheriff forced to join forces with an obsessed Victorian vampire hunter to defeat an undead force consuming a small frontier town in 1892, New Mexico. Are you fucking kidding me? You want to do a vampire western with a fucking cast, which is like the D-list of fucking actors? I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio is not a bad actor, William Baldwin, he has shades of you know, but are, are you fucking kidding me? Are, have we milked the vampire franchise so much that we're doing vampire westerns now? Fuck me, man. Oh shit, good reference. Strider um said that it sounds like Dark Watch. I totally forgot about that game. That's a that's a that's a great reference. Kudos to you, Strider. You get two points for this week's show. Um. Also, in some other Comic-Con news, Joss Whedon, of course, is going to be directing The Avengers, which I said, I don't know, like five episodes back. He confirmed that Jeremy Renner will be playing Hawkeye in The Avengers, and of course, Mark Ruffalo is going to be playing Bruce Banner slash The Hulk. Again, shit I talked about a few weeks back. A lot of people hate Joss Whedon. I think he may do a decent job with The Avengers. Again, it's the fact of you got way too many actors in there, but of course the movie's going to be carried, like me and Kai have discussed, and Slick, going to be carried by Robert Downey and fucking Samuel L. Jackson. Everything else is an afterthought, which leads me a little bit into the four trailer that I put up, where it has shades of brilliance, you know, you see Frost Giants, the Destroyer, Loki with the fucking curved horn helmet, the hammer, the costumes kind of, eh. But... Like I said, shades of brilliance and shades of of bullshit. But again, Kenneth Branagh usually does a really good job with with the, with, with a lot of mo- with most movies that he's done. And again, I don't want to shit on it because I don't have the heart to do so because it's a Marvel project. But it's not gonna make Spider-Man money. It's gonna make Wolverine money. Because the way I see it is. And and this is a great example. Wolverine could have been a thousand times more successful and made a thousand times more money. Of course, storyline, certain casting choices, and of course the PG-13 rating didn't help the situation, which I harp on all the time. But nonetheless, a Wolverine movie should have made Spider-Man money, period. And for some reason, I see Thor being the weakest link out of Captain America and the Iron Man well, the overall Avengers, Trinity, uh, independent movies. I think that Iron Man's going to be, of course, the forefront movie. It's going to be the movie that's going to make a shitload of money. Captain America, I think, is going to do good just on the strength of um, the acting behind it. Not so much the guy playing Captain America, but, you know, you've got Hugo Weaving in there playing Red Skull. There's obviously, obviously going to be little Easter eggs acknowledging other Marvel characters and other Marvel storylines. If you've seen photos that I put on the Facebook fan page, you'll see that in Thor, you get to see the Infinity Gauntlet, which of course, you know, there's a little homage to that in there. You see the Infinity Gauntlet in Thor. Um, of course, the Captain America shield and Iron Man, Captain America frozen in the ice and in the Incredible Hulk. There's little Easter eggs here and there. I actually learned about a new Easter egg today in the Incredible Hulk in the scene where he's in the cave and the th- and the lightning and thunder is flashing and he growls at the sky, I watched the, the frame in slow motion, and you can see something falling from the sky. Now, whether that's Thor falling from the sky or Thor's hammer it is, of course, something to be deliberated, but you can definitely check that out for sure. If you get a chance, you can watch The Incredible Hulk, and if you've got slow-mo on your DVD player or your Blu-ray, check out the scene for yourself and let me know if I'm crazy because a lot of people said that something did fall from the sky in that scene. Not 100%, but definitely if they did, that's another cool little piece of of, of, of information snuck in there from the uh, from the directors. So it, definitely cool. Again, the Avengers as a collective movie sounds good on paper. How all those egos are going to work on screen, I don't know. Thor, definitely Wolverine money. Captain America, a close second if they do another Iron Man movie, that's going to be the one that's going to make the most money. That's the way I see it first, first and foremost. In some other old guy action movie news, Bruce Willis revealed that they will be doing a Die Hard 5. Bruce Willis confirmed that the movie was imminent and that the coin is about to quote-unquote drop into the slot machine. He said Skip Woods is already working on the screenplay, and when asked if Len Weissman would take the helm, he replied, I don't know, because we haven't gotten that far yet. So... Bruce Willis, another Die Hard. I can tell you, um, live free or die hard was surprisingly good. And the only reason is because they didn't try and make Bruce Willis unstoppable. They made him just a guy caught up in a bad situation, and he had to rely on somebody younger because he did a lot of old school shit. I really respected that because it humanized the character, and it showed him fucking getting old and getting haggard. But... How much more old Bruce Willis Die Hard can we really deal with? One more movie. Uh, I really hope that if they do the fifth one, that's it. And that they maintain the same um, movie style that they used in Live Free or Die Hard. Fact of the matter is, it's probably not going to happen. It's going to be probably John McClane in space and shit, or something really stupid, or like, terrorists are holding the Facebook office hostage and Bruce Willis has to save Mark Zuckerberg or something because, you know, they've got to bring it full circle and bring it into the now, like they did with Live Free or Die Hard. I'm not totally sold on the idea, but I'm not totally against it, just because the Die Hard movies were interesting. They weren't great, but they, but they have always been, you know, mindless action movies that are fun to watch. Also, of course... In the other Avenger news, which you've probably seen on the fan page, they announced all the cast members that were there, like I said, Mark Ruffalo, and, of course, they all were photog- photographed together. One thing I do have to acknowledge, though, is that there's more than just Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and Hawkeye in the Avengers. Black Widow, of course, is there because Scarlett Johansson was there with the cast, but you've got to think of characters like the like the Wasp, Wonder Man, Scarlet Witch, Vision, um, Quicksilver, if you want to go that route, those are all event, um, you know, essential Avengers characters, especially dudes like Wonder Man, uh, the Wasp, which of course has been rumored for a while to be um, casted with Ava Longoria in the role. She actually dispelled that rumor, so that's not true. But still, you've got a lot of secondary characters in the Avengers that haven't even been scratched on yet. The Avengers just can't be these guys. They're, they're, you still got to throw in one or two, like I said, Wonder Man, or if you want to go Vision, um, you could go the Vision. That would be cool. There's still, for me, there's still some pieces missing. I think that those that those roles will probably be casted later on, just because they're not as strong and. I gotta give give Rob credit. It is true. The Vision is a fucking stupid-ass character. That green and yellow fucking cape dummy. He stinks. But he is an essential part of the fucking Avengers. Same thing with Wonder Man. Another total fucking asshat. With his big W and his stupid red glasses. The Wasp, like I said, you can throw in there. Ant-Man, of course, you gotta throw in there. Or Hank Pym, or whatever the fuck you wanna call him. Giant Man, Goliath, Yellow Jacket, whatever he wants to call himself in this film. He needs to be in it as well. Rumors, of course, have been running rampant that Nathan Fillion is going to play him not not certain on it. Josh Whedon actually joked around about that and said that. He then went on to say that it is not true. Um, the fact is that there's there's still guys missing. you got to cast a couple of other characters in that Avengers movie. Not only that, but who's the villain? Is the Hulk the villain? Because if he is, eh, that's fine, but... A two-hour movie or a 90-minute or movie of the of, of the Avengers fighting the Hulk can only go but so far. I, I'm more than sure you should do them fighting the Hulk early on and them unifying to fight a bigger force. It, it could be the fucking scrolls if you want to go really out there. You could even go Ultron, especially if you add the Vision. I think the fact of the matter is they need to add... These min- these minor characters to to flesh out the team because with just these guys I just I'm, I'm really worried I'm really starting to get worried that the fucking Avengers is gonna be a clusterfuck. fuck um, yeah Rob the the Avengers as a whole yeah the concept does suck a little bit an Excalibur movie would suck ass. Some of the comments in the chat are fucking hilarious. I wish I can I can somehow play them as audio clips, but I don't know, man. I'm not 100% sold on the Avengers Slick. Is, is it wrong? And, of course, let's talk some box office totals. Inception, which you can see, Slick's review on MyTakeRadio.com was number one this week, $43.5 million. It was only a mere 30% drop from the... $62 million showing last week. It's made $143.7 million on a $150 million budget. It's close to breaking even. It may continue to be number one this weekend as well. Opening number two, Salt, $36.5 million. Film had a budget actually, uh, well, no, they're saying that the film is the biggest opener of Angelina Jolie's career and has a solid chance of making back its $100 million budget. We'll see how that pans out in, I say, I don't know, two weeks. We'll see what the totals look like. Despicable Me was $24.1 million. It's made 161 and it was made with a $70 million budget. I smell a new franchise with at least two more sequels under its belt. Nicholas Cage's Sorcerer's Apprentice, which you can see the review for that, also from Slick on MyTakeRadio.com, came in at... It's made 46.2. I mean, it's made 42.6 in two weeks. It had a budget of 150 million dollars. It's definitely going into bomb territory. Toy Story 3 was number five, 9 million dollars. It's made 380 million dollars. It had a 200 million dollar budget. It's number 15 on the all-time domestic grossing list, behind The Passion of the Christ. Uh, The family film Ramona and Beezus. I don't know what the fuck that is. With Selena Gomez, opened in at the number six spot, brought in $8 million. Um, the film had a budget of $15 million. I, I guarantee you it'll make at least fifteen or break even. Grown Ups dropped to number seven. $142 million is the total. $70 million is the budget. Eclipse dropped to number eight. The Last Airbender dropped down to number nine, and Predators dropped down to number ten. It's made $46.5 million. It had a budget of $40 million. I'm hoping to definitely see Predators this week just so I can give a review on it as well or at least share with you what I thought. Maybe if I kill somebody in the movie theater, I can talk about that also next week. Wolverine 2, which I was, of course, joking about, the Wolverine box office numbers, has already um, gone into pre-production. They're already looking at possible directors for the next movie. Uh, They're looking at Tony Scott, who did Man on Fire. Matt Reeves, who did Cloverfield, please, God, no, because it will fucking suck. Other directors they're looking at is Catherine Bigelow, who directed The Hurt Locker. That would be interesting. Uh, Timor uh, Beckman-Beddoff, who did Wanted, is also in the running as well. Um, They're really looking at Tony Scott and Matt Reeves. I'd take Tony Scott over Matt Reeves just because Man on Fire was a great movie. Of course, Wolverine 2 is going to follow the Frank Miller and Chris Claremont story arc where Logan goes to Japan. So I would definitely go with Tony Scott over fucking shitty-ass Matt Reeves. And, you know, man the fuck up and make the movie an R-rated film, or at least do something, add 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 a little bit more fucking violence to it. If you do Wolverine in Japan with him just talking with fucking Japanese subtitles and drinking sake and maybe fighting some ninjas, and you don't throw in somebody's hand getting cut off, like he does to the leader of the hand, or, uh, or a bloody brawl between him and the Silver Samurai, it's just going to be just as shitty as the first Wolverine movie. I said it before, I'll say it again. Wolverine is a blood and guts character. If you don't add a little bit of blood and guts to the storyline, it's not going to matter if you're fucking using the whole Frank Miller story arc, plus make him, fighting, make him fight the Hulk at the end of the fucking movie. You can do all of that, And if the movie doesn't capture the essence of Wolverine, people aren't going to see it. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm thinking Slick has his hand raised in the switchboard, so I'm guessing he wants to come in on this call. Slick, what's going on? What's up, man? What do you got, my friend?
0: Well, to answer your supposition, yeah. Avengers will be a clusterfuck. Even though... They, you know, they limited the, you know, the big budget actors and got a bunch of, you know, just whatever dudes to fill it in. I mean, I get all the hate for this, but it'll just be another X Men. It'll fucking suck just like that did.
2: Well, you know what it is. The fact is, you have to look at the the, the the staple Avengers. Like we always we always discuss. Like I said, if you look at any. Of, uh, at least any original Avengers roster the fact is that the guys that are usually there are usually Captain America Hawkeye, Iron Man Thor The Wasp maybe Wonder Man maybe The Vision usually that's, that's usually and I mean you can, you can go and, and you can add you know you can go in and be like oh well She-Hulk was a member or Miss Marvel was a member you know, you can go that route, but the fact that the core members are usually those guys, and you still haven't casted the Wasp who has to be cast and possibly Hank Pym, whoever's going to play him, or the Vision.
0: And good luck with all that because, you know,
2: I mean, how many they have
0: cast so far?
2: They have cast... uh. Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, a Black Widow, uh, the Incredible Hulk, I don't know if he's going to be the bad guy, and Hawkeye. You still need Wasp and Vision or Wonder Man or Scarlet Witch. See what I'm saying? Like, like there's some serious fucking holes in that. And by the time it gets to that amount of people, it's just going to be a clusterfuck of people trying to get screen time.
0: Yeah, uh, and that I definitely agree on. I mean, just between Sam Jackson, Robert Downey Jr., just just between them, you got people fighting for screen time. But Dude, I don't know.
2: I don't see. War, Mach- War Machine was a War Machine was an afterthought in the second Iron Man movie. As soon as Sam Jackson took the screen, think about it. Everybody gave a fuck about those scenes because there was such great chemistry. Don't get me wrong, Don Cheetah was good, but when, when, when Nick Fury was talking shit to Tony Stark, everybody was like, wow, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Because you can see just the vibing, you know what I mean, between, between Robert Downey and Sam Jackson. I, I don't think the other actors have that, that same presence. I mean, the guy that's playing Thor is good, but of course they put him alongside stronger actors to help his performance. You got, you know, fucking Anthony Hopkins in there and Natalie Portman, who's, who's a solid actress, and they're going to help him out. But I don't think that that dude has the chops to carry that whole movie.
0: One machine was an afterthought just by the fact that you don't have the same actor that you had in the first one. You said yep. a couple of shows ago that, you know, people really didn't go to see Iron Man to see the red and gold suit. They wanted to see Robert Downey Jr. He made the movie. He made Iron Man. But you can put any black dude in the freaking silver suit, the silver and black suit. You put me in that fucking suit, and it's still War Machine because it's got a black dude in there.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because I'm looking in the chat, and Josh said that Sam Jackson won't be the main character in the Avengers. And I agree, he won't be the main character, but the fact is that the focus, if you look at the trailer for Thor, They reference Thor and a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the trailer. So I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to have more of an involvement because they want to give, I guess, Sam Jackson more screen time. I definitely don't think he's going to be, you know, a main, especially in the Avengers. I think he's just going to be the guy that, you know, he's like the boss that tells him, hey, you got to do this, or you got to be that, or you got to do this, or this guy's fucking killing people. We, You know, you guys got to take a look. He's going to be that guy. He's like the dispatcher. Uh, you know, he's like the fucking dispatcher at a fucking cab agency. He's like, all right, we got a whole bunch of mutants attacking downtown. I think you guys should go take a look. That's what he's going to do. But what they're going to try and do is give him more screen time, so they're going to try new and innovative ways to keep him involved, maybe in looking at potential members for the Avengers. Maybe he'll, th- that's one reason why I guarantee you he'll probably pop up and floor. Like, hey, this, this guy will be good for our project, quote, unquote.
0: Uh, still with a. I mean, the average movie is maybe ninety minutes, and lately we're starting to see movies push two hours or more again. It's just, I mean, the Avengers is a you know a popular series, but it's not like the X Men. It's like you have too many characters that you know people are not going to be totally familiar with and won't care about, and. It'll be like freaking the fight scene in in X3. You're just going to have random characters on screen just doing shit, not even saying anything, and nobody's going to give a fuck.
2: Yep, I I think that's where it's going to go. You know what it is? Like I said, I watched the Thor movie, the Thor movie trailer. It's fucking five minutes long. If you haven't seen it, you should before studios start pulling it down, which is stupid in my estimation because you want to build a buzz for a movie. Why are you going to pull a theater trailer? But but you know that's a that's a totally separate rant. But the fact is that people just don't vibe with fucking Thor. It's like you have a helmet with fucking wings on it, and you swing a hammer. You're not fucking cool. It's like get out of here with your fucking cape and your fucking tights. Beat it. It's like it's like Captain America. I like Captain America. He's great. You know he's a symbol of uh, of America. It, it's it's cool. But when you strip all that away, it's like. Dude, your fucking story sucks. Your bad guy is a guy with a fucking skull face. That's it. He's like your main bad guy. Who the fuck else do you have? Who is your other bad guy other than the skull face dude? Captain America's fucking rogues gallery is about as threatening as the Flash's rogues gallery, which has guys like Captain Cold. Are you are you fucking kidding me? Ah, oh, I mean, they're, they're, don't get me wrong. These are these are. The, the the foundation for, for the Avengers movie But when you look at these guys Same thing with Iron Man I gotta say the same shit Iron Man's main villain is the Mandarin Everything after that You, you had fucking Mickey Rock whips Whooping Iron Man's ass Your villain is a guy with a dominatrix issue
0: And vi- a big ass dragon named Fin Fang Fo. Yeah, Which is like the gayest thing ever
2: Who's, who, who's summoned by an Asian guy with a lot of bling? Are, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like uh, it, it, you have to, you have to make the Hulk the fucking bad guy, or you got to do something totally different to add some some validity to, to the to the to the Avengers movie as a whole. Because if you make the bad guy somebody whack, nobody's gonna get, people are gonna shit on the movie even more. Like, I think that's why they have the Hulk cast in there because they're like, all right. Worst case, we'll go to the Hulk. People want to see the Hulk whooping people's asses. Maybe we'll go with that, but you have to have a bigger bad guy. Well, I, you know, I, Like I said, you could throw the scrolls in there, yeah, a, little, a, little, a little too off base for most casual comic fans. You can go with Ultron just because, again, you can blow your load on special effects. Ridiculous. But who, who's your real bad guy going to be? That's what I want to know. Because, yeah, they cast the Hulk in there, but they haven't elaborated on whether the Hulk is going to be a member of the Avengers, which you can do because he has been, or if you're going to have him be the bad guy. And he can't be the bad guy for the whole film, dude.
0: Not for an Avengers film. For an Iron Man film, maybe.
2: We'll we'll see how it pans out. Let me run through the rest of these news. I'm sure you're going to love the next gem I'm going to discuss.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All right, buddy. Thanks. Uh, Talk to you later.
2: Let me talk about our buddies at G4. Before I totally shit on them completely and utterly, before I unleash a tirade of verbal diarrhea on G4, let me talk to you about their attempt, their attempt at doing unique programming. Check this out. G4 has announced that they will be the exclusive U.S. television home for four brand-new anime series from Marvel. The shows, which will premiere on G4 in 2011, probably between Cops and Ninja Warrior and possibly Cheaters, (laughs) no, I'm kidding, I added that, will feature Iron Man, The X-Men, Wolverine, and Blade. Here They provided some brief explanations on the shows, which are going to be produced by Madhouse and Marvel Entertainment in association with Sony Pictures Entertainment of Japan. Of course, Iron Man is a no-brainer, the synopsis for the show is going to be in an effort to make amends for his weapons manufacturing past. Tony Stark has dedicated himself to building the world rather than tearing it down. Traveling to Japan to build a new arc reactor that will deliver unlimited free energy to the Japanese people, Stark is challenged by the ga- Japanese government and the media when he attempts to import the necessary nuclear priming device. And when the reactor in construction is repeatedly attacked by the mysterious Zodiac Consortium, Stark makes gather his allies to take on Zodiac and its mastermind. What the fuck is that? How about Iron Man fights Crimson Dynamo or fights the Mandarin or whoever? He's fighting made up fucking Japanese conglomerates? What the fuck is that? It gets better. The X Men anime series will be the X Men A- reunited following the death of a teammate, and are summoned by Charles Xavier to Japan, following the abduction of Hisako Ichiki, a.k.a. Armor. There, they confront the u a lunatic cult that steals and transplant mutant organs to further strengthen their own army, and the battle for justice is on. So let me get this straight. All these fucking cartoons are taking place in Japan? Let's read the plot for Wolverine. Based on the popular graphic novel by Frank Miller, the series begins in Japan, Gee, who would have thunk? Where Logan is challenged by Shinjen Yoshida, the notorious leader of the powerful mafia clan. The Hand. When Shinjen's employee, Yukio, a female assassin, falls out of Shinjen's favor, she must kill him or be killed. Teaming with Logan, the pair seek out the villain to exact their revenge. And, of course, the last one is Blade. Blade, Eric Brooks, seeks revenge on Deacon Frost, the vampire lord who killed his mother while she was still pregnant with Eric. With all the powers of a vampire and none of their weaknesses, Blade's Quest leads him throughout the southeast to find Deacon Frost. Really? It doesn't lead him to Japan? Holy shit. I don't... Look. I admire the efforts taken by by bringing anime into a mainstream audience with Iron Man and the X-Men and Wolverine and Blade. And G-Force trying to do some shit. But, But look... If you guys haven't read my post on G4, you guys should read it, and if not, I'm just going to give you a brief overview of what my gripe is with G4. G4 prides itself as the network for gamers, right? On Attack of the Show today, there was a, a stunt, I really want to call it, where a guy wrapped his dick in tinfoil and called it like the penis time machine or some shit. Really? Has the gaming demographic broken down to the point where we care about dick jokes? Let me tell you, when I go to the site for G4 and the blurb for your host has to to really reinforce the fact that she plays games, y'all are full of shit. When your network has 12 hours of programming with two original shows, the rest of it being movies, cops, and cheaters, and your second 12 hours of programming are repeats of your last 12 hours plus cheaters, cops, and all the other garbage they churn out, you're doing a real disservice to the gaming community. When I was discussing this with Josh, we were talking about the fact that he brought this up, that they should really focus on a lot of the stuff that's going on in the gaming world, like the whole big thing with Infinity Ward and Activision. Why not do a sit-down with those guys? You want to have your 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 G4 cronies do the interview? Get Kevin Pereira or Chris Hardwick or or, or one of those guys to do it, and, 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 you know, let let us get a little bit of insight to what goes on behind the scenes of the industry. You want to go a little crazy? Why don't you talk about the making of Modern Warfare and the fact that it's a billion-dollar game? Maybe show those guys meeting with the military and learning about the technology that went into it. it how about that? Here's one. How about going behind the scenes at Nintendo and seeing how uh, how the Wii is manufactured and, and seeing... um what research and development goes into making some of this motion capture technology. People care about shit like that. I don't give a fuck about wrapping my dick in tinfoil and sticking it in a socket. If I wanted to see that, I'd watch Jackass. What the fuck, man? Like, like that's the shit that annoys me with G4. And then their Comic-Con footage annoyed me just because they went to, to great lengths to cover it, and that was great. But behind their commentary was a lot of a lot of jokes at, at the expense of the attendees. Don't get me wrong. The fat kid dressed up as Gambit, not a good look. Or, you know, the big girl that wants to dress up as the white queen and has torn thigh highs and a bad wig, not a good look. But you've got to take into consideration that these are people that watch your network. So if you're sitting there shitting on them in front of millions of people, it's just going to sully your reputation and make you guys just look really shallow. Don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place to shit on stuff like that. I went to Comic-Con with Slick and with my wife and we made fun of motherfuckers too. But you gotta take into account when you're doing something for for an entertainment medium that's being watched by the masses, you gotta try and just give your thoughts and opinions and engage the audience and make it amusing and make it fun. But don't be like, like they asked this, this guy how he controlled his bo in costume, because, of course, the joke is that a lot of geeks stink. A sad but true stigma in some respects. But the fact that you're asking this guy on national television, he's like, I masked the smell with my cape. You're a fucking fuckhead. You're a a jag-off for fucking saying that on national television. Way to make yourself look like a non-pussy-getting virgin. And on top of that, they really just clowned you, and you didn't say anything about it. It's ridiculous.
5: Uh,
2: I admire the fact that they want to bring some Marvel programming over. You want to do anime? That's fine. I don't think it's totally a shitty deal. But when you're reinventing the wheel, like Iron Man is fighting the Zodiac Consortium, what the fuck is that? What is it? I want to know. Or the X-Men having to go to Japan mysteriously? The X-Men going to Japan is one episode in the old 90s cartoon. That's what that shit was. The X-Men going to Japan or going to the Savage Land. That was one episode. You mean to tell me you're going to do a complete series of the X-Men in Japan? Is it going to be Nightcrawler trying to eat fucking sushi at 3 a.m. and teleporting into the sushi restaurant? Like, what the fuck, man? Uh... I- again... I don't mind them trying their hand at original programming, and I don't even mind Marvel trying to do something new with their mainstay characters. But the fact that you want to just make them based out of Japan because it's based on anime is just totally fucking pointless in some respects. It Ugh, fuck this. In some other movie news, Daniel Craig is going to be working on the new David Fincher movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, as well as two sequels that are based off the book, The Girl That Played with Fire and The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Really? Is this your new franchise Hollywood that you're going with? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is set for December 21st, 2011 release date. So for those of you that have read the book, of course, it's a no-brainer you get in the movie. December 21st, 2011 is the release date. I see some callers on hold. I see Kai is calling back. Kai, what do you got, dude?
3: You know, uh, G four is uh, is fucking retarded. Oh uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I know you're probably ready to have a fucking aneurysm right now. But uh, Marvel anime cartoons, seriously, that's that's what they're uh, that's how they're broadening their fucking demographic or whatever. Shouldn't this should be on a fucking Cartoon Network or like Adult Swim or something like?
2: Let me tell you uh, something. They they really <laughs> need to. I got to tell you, if you're going to do Wolverine and it's going to be anime, it better be fucking violent, and it should be on Adult Swim. Yeah. If, you're not, if Wolverine isn't smoking cigars and drinking at any point in this, in this cartoon, it's not going to be successful. I mean, if you watch the old 90s X-Men cartoon they used to give on Fox, you'd occasionally, you'd occasionally see Wolverine with a cigar or drinking a cold yeah. one. You would, because that was his fucking character. But, you know, since we're a fucking nation of fucking emo pussies, we're not going to let that be it. We're, we're going to be like, why is Wolverine smoking? He's, he's condoning smoking. No, you fucking asshole. He's supposed to be a badass dude. He's a biker. You know, he's, he's one of those guys. He's supposed to have that aura of being a badass. What's he going to do, order a, pa- order a fucking pack of Virginia Slims and drink a fucking Pima? Wolverine's gonna drink uh, a Zima and smoke and smoke Virginia Slims because you know people comp- are gonna complain that it's too hardcore for the children.
3: Well, you know he's also like 300 years old, so if Wolverine wants to kick back and have a fucking cold one, uh, I wouldn't get his way. You know what I'm saying? I think he's a base. I, I agree. It,
2: it yeah, really you know, is. <laughs> what I was um, gonna I'm say sorry. was I, what I was gonna say was I, I admire the fact that they wanna do animated cartoons in a new medium and there's nothing wrong with it because you know they're gonna make money on merchandising because that's what it's all about but you gotta also take into account that you, sh- you can't just reinvent shit because uh, behind that kid demographic that you want to get you're gonna get a lot of people that are gonna tune into G4 that are us you know the informed viewer and we're gonna be like eh, that's not right even even when they did the Spider-Man animated series on Fox back in the day, you know, they did the, the, the Venom origin a little differently, and it wasn't totally off, but, you know, they did it a little differently just because, of course, you only get X amount of cartoon episodes to do it, but it was decently well done. You want to have Iron Man fight a mysterious corporation called the Zodiac Consortium? Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. he, has shitty, he has shitty villains, but for God's sakes, man... Well, you know what I don't get
3: either is uh, who did fucking... Who did G4 suck off to get fucking Marvel's attention? Because if I'm Marvel, right, and I'm trying to spread out my product, G4 is probably the last fucking network I'm going to go, hey, we have these fucking, uh, you know, these anime fucking shows with, you know, a lot of our top characters who are, you know, now, you know, Iron Man, as shitty as his villains are, and he really is a character that doesn't do shit. Um, you know, he's more popular than ever. So, let, let's go to G4 to fucking put, you know, our characters out there. Are you fucking serious? Like, I, I want to be in that fucking boardroom to go, yeah, we, we've got all these networks lined up, and, uh, well, we're going to give it to G4. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You fucking kidding me.
2: Well, you know what the funny thing is, that they're really sitting there, and here's what happens. G4 is owned by Comcast, which I found out recently, which is, is, is kind of, um... The the understanding as to why they suck so much, but besides that, it's probably the fact that they, like I said, they have no money for anything else, so they probably tossed Marvel a shitload of money.
3: Yeah, like I, I just I don't get why. I mean, are there ratings that? Is there de- like, or right, maybe not their ratings, but is there a demographic that wide, or is it that window that
2: for? Well, no. Oh. No, their ratings. Their ratings are well. In G 4s case, it's like it's like when you're wondering why your favorite show is on like My Nine or 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 some shit like that. It's the fact that that particular um broadcasting company has the money to support that. And yeah, you could put the Marvel anime on the Cartoon Network, or you can put the Marvel anime on the Disney Channel, but the fact of the matter is, G4 probably came to the table with a, real, with a really solid presentation. They said, we'll get totally behind it. We'll promote the fuck out of it with our staple shows and that's it. So it's like you're, this is going to be the block, I guarantee you. You're going to see Attack of the Show. Between that, they'll probably give Wolverine because it's after 8 o'clock probably.
5: Yeah.
2: And then they'll give X-Play behind it. And then maybe on the weekend, they'll let you watch Uh, They'll give you Iron Man and X-Men Something tells me that if they do Wolverine the way he's meant to be done And Blade the way he's meant to be done Which is another violent-ass character The fact of the matter is that they'll probably do those After their lead-in original programming Which is all of three shows
3: Yeah, and then we're going to be watching Cops and Cheaters Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense
2: It'll be, it'll be the credits for the Wolverine cartoon, and they'll be like, next on cheaters. <laughs> Sam, Sam caught his girlfriend in a precarious position. What's that in her hand? Tune in in five minutes and find out. So uh.
3: yeah, I, I mean, there's got to be, you know, we talked about this before the last show. There's got to be fucking content out there. Like, you know, like you, we were saying before, like documentaries about games. Or like you know, like you're saying about the Nintendo thing. You know, hey, you know, let's look at a Nintendo making the new Mario game. You know, even though I don't really give a fuck, but it, you know, it'd still be nice to see. And you know, at least you know, technically they're still being journalists, I guess, being professionals instead of you know, sticking your cock in a fucking light socket. Apparently that's what you're describing. So, I, I there's content out there, and I don't understand what what the fuck they're thinking. Like I, I really don't. And I'm, I'm more. Then surprise with fucking Marvel that they're on board with this bullshit. Because if I'm looking well, you know, at it and you you got cops, a dick in a fucking light socket, chicks jumping into pies, and then you have cheaters. And then well, you no, have Marvel from
2: Oh yeah, well well you know what the what the best part is? Here here's what here's the funny thing. Let's let's look at, at let's let's look at things just from a from a regular, you know, web geek perspective. If you look at Engadget if you look at, um, we can use Engadget, TechCrunch, GameSpot, IGN, you go through all that, they cover ample shit. You mean to tell me that you can't do 30-minute segments? Uh, you know what would be good? You can do, and, and you know, this, is, this name's already taken, but you could do, like, This Week in Tech every, every weekday at 6 yeah. o'clock and talk about all mm-hmm. the cool tech shit that came out, new phones, New shit. People would tune in for that because we're a generation that loves all that shit. You can, we can talk. You know, you can do a show about, you know, again, 30 minute shows. You can do just covering easy shit. You can do every Tuesday. You know, you can do G4s DVD wrap up, and they'll talk about upcoming movies and talk to directors and shit that have Blu-rays and shit coming out. Why don't you do that? Or Wednesdays, when new comics come out. G4's Quickie Comic Review. Here's some of the new comics out for this week. Talk to local shops. Talk to artists who nobody ever talks to. You know, talk, yeah. to, the writer, talk to the writers of the books. How hard is that shit?
3: Yeah, you know, and, and like the, the G4 site, I like it. Like, uh, they, they tend to have some pretty decent comic, you know, uh, content besides, you know, taking a flight socket and fucking, you know, I'm a chick who plays he. Um, But you know the content on the fucking site is actually pretty good, and like you're saying, I don't get why they can't just stretch out or take those bits from the site and then make them segments or make them like little, you know, even if it's like a 15 minute show, like I I don't get it. Like how are they not seeing that? Like hmm, well, we got cops, cheaters, and Marvel bullshit, um, and then we have fucking Attack of the Show and the next play. okay, and then that's it, and then there's nothing. well I got
2: I got a good one for you. If you watch the Speed Channel, or you watch, here's a good one, Animal Planet. How much shit can we really, how much shit can we really watch about animals? That they have a program for everything. You got the Dog Whisperer, the Cat Whisperer, the Cow Fucker, the Dog Raper, the fucking a- a- Animal Cops. You know, cheaters with my dog, my German Shepherd's cheating on my on my Doberman. You know, like they got, dude, they got twenty, they got at least. I'd, I'd say they have at least 20 hours of original programming. Well, dude, look at look at
3: fucking TLC. I even put it on my Twitter. The fucking uh, which Twitter, by the way, that shit is fucking confusing. But anyway, uh fucking TLC with the goddamn you know what TLC specializes in shows about midgets and cake. Have you noticed this shit? I'm, I'm Google it, fucking Wikipedia. I'm dead serious, dude. TLC is midgets. It's fucking cake. It's it's scary. It actually freaks me the fuck out. But,
2: let me tell they, you I would call if people watch it. Dude, I would call it TFUC, the fucked up channel. You want to know why? I'm 300 pounds and I'm pregnant. Like that's a show. Well, I, have a tool, I have no face. That's a show. That's 1 hour of their programming. I have no face. Here's a show about me with no face. Or I'm a midget and I have a tumor on my asshole. Like like oh. like PLC, oh, months. and right after that, right after you watch that, you know, like I watched one, I actually watched one, about a 300-pound woman, well, no, she was, yeah, she was about a 400 pounds woman that was, getting, yeah. um, that was getting the stomach band surgery, and after you watch the, mo- the show and she does the surgery, you know what happens? They go, so-and-so died a week after it was done, I'm like, holy shit, and right after this, a new episode of Cake Boss.
3: I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They got cake bars. They got ace of cakes. They got fucking Mitch's pop out of cakes. They got fucking, oh, uh, uh, the fucking those little chocolate people that freak me out. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, dude, I'm telling you, it gets it, it gets better. But um, let me go through and and clear out the switchboard, man. And there's still a couple of more news to go. Right on. All right, buddy. Thanks. You right Strider, my brother, welcome back.
4: Greetings, what's
2: up? Welcome back, my friend, what do you got?
4: Uh, well, I, I know I know you beating a dead horse now, but, uh, I just want to go back about the Wolverine and, uh, freaking Japanese shows. I was just simply saying that, even though it's a bit far-fetched with some of the ideas, considering going all the way to fucking Japan, well, with the exception of Blade, sorry, excuse the fuck out of me, but, uh, I'm just saying that I think we we should give it a little bit of a chance. I mean, the only downside about it is it's being on fucking G4, but, you know, if it's made, you know, in in anime style and, you know, the Japanese has really not let us down as far as uh, the continuity of comic books, uh, comic book and media, as far as, like, translating them to uh, TVs or uh, movies, uh, you know, Gotham Knight, for example and uh, many of the uh, various manga that's out there. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, we shouldn't shit on it too much. I think we should just uh, sit back and just see how it turns out. Well, because, you know uh, what it
2: is? I, I, I agree with, with that fact of it. And, and, you know, Japan does do a great service. For that. What, I'm, what, what particularly annoys me, especially with Iron Man, is that he has enough backstory and enough rogues that you can do a show built around that. I remember when the old Iron Man cartoon was on Channel 11. You had the Mandarin in one episode. You had the Claw, Red Tornado, Crimson Dynamo, Whiplash, Black Widow. You'd bring the Mandarin back in for an episode. You'd have a couple of Avengers pop in, the Hulk. Dude, you don't need to make up the Zodiac Consortium. Are you kidding me?
4: Yeah, I guess they just want to add something fresh to to the idea. Um, But I'm not really not going for that because... uh, I'm not really, not. I'm really not, really, not, really not going to knock them for that because if they do it well, I'm pretty damn sure they can pull it off and make it like a whole new, like a fresh new take on the series.
2: Yeah, but isn't I- Iron Man the Armored Adventures the same shit? A fresh take on the series? You see what I'm saying? Like, like I can understand them going with Wolverine solo, like that in an anime style, especially if they did it like Afro Samurai style, and they and they maintained a little bit of that mature edge to it. I would love to see that. I wouldn't even give a fuck that it's on, on gay four. I wouldn't give a shit about that. True. You know, but you've got to look at Iron Man and X-Men have been done to death. You've done Wolverine and the X-Men, X-Men the Animated Series, Young X-Men, done to death. Iron Man, you've done regular Iron Man, Armored Adventures Iron Man. You know, you've had the Captain America cartoon where Iron Man was in it anyway. You see what I mean? Like, you're, you're continuing to rape the same fucking two franchises, 17 different ways. Wolverine, like I said, benefits from the anime treatment, especially if you do all of Wolverine's solo missions. Him trying to find his identity is a fucking season in and of itself. Word. You know, and same thing with Blade. Blade has great potential. Same thing, but you've got to make sure that you don't lose sight of that violent edge, especially with Blade. You've got Deacon Frost, you've got Dracula, you've got the, the, the Night Stalkers, you got more Dracula, you can you can create new characters if you wanted to, and that's fine. But you got to make sure, to remember those roots. The thing with Iron Man is, the roots are there, the storyline is there. But we just finished watching Iron Man Armored Adventures. Do we really give a fuck about another Iron Man cartoon? You see what I'm saying?
4: Apparently we do because they're just milking this thing like it's fucking Halo. And uh, I definitely see your point as far as them not coming with uh, not. I mean, just beat basically using it as a cash cow. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah I, w- I would like to see... Um, I mean, I guess people just want to see different ways that these characters can be done. And uh, and I'm really not going to knock it, because, you know, yes, I understand about the fresh new take with the new Armored Adventures crap, but, uh, but but I think every comic book fan wants to see... I mean, no matter how bad a series has been done over, every comic book character wants to see they have that one glimmer of hope inside their body that there's going to be one person or one company that's actually going to portray their comic book hero in a fucking awesome light that they want them to be. I mean, that's true. I know, I, know there's, I know there's plenty we, of times that the, you know people would sit back and, you know, it's like wondering when they're going to make a good Spawn game. I mean, people are still waiting for something like that to happen with these superhero uh, characters.
2: But you know what it is, I, and I can, and I see where you're coming from. But you got to look at certain times when it's already been done. We, uh, you brought up a good example. Not so much the Spawn game, but look at Spawn the animated series when it was on. Dude, that was as oh, close to yeah. the comic as close to the fucking comic as you got. And what did you do to be safe? You put that shit on HBO, and everybody watched it. You got to right. actually take it. You got to take a backseat for a second, especially with characters like Wolverine, Blade, The Punisher, even Daredevil. If you want to do an, why don't you do an animated Daredevil? Same thing. You can make it urban. You can make it gritty. You can you you can even use you can even do something where you can do Black Panther if you wanted to go obscure and get like you know Aaron McGruder from from The Boondocks to do it. Oh. You know that that side of that type of an of an art style. You know you want to do something different with your characters. You want to mainstream them. You want to make them household names? Get off the bullshit of always wanting to rate mom's pockets and get more kids to buy shit and focus your energies on keeping at least the core foundation of the characters alive, especially in all this programming. True. But nonetheless, you know, I'm glad you called, dude. You know, I missed having your, your, your occasional call-ins, man. Welcome back.
4: Appreciate it. <sighs>
2: No problem. Anything else you want to add, my friend?
4: Uh, no. Well, pretty much. It. That's pretty much it. Uh, I'll sit. I'll sit around and uh, stay. Stay tuned for the rest of your Rage Fest.
2: All right, brother. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Welcome back. No problem. All right, buddy. Later. All right. I think that we got Josh calling in from Cali. Josh, what's going on? Hey, Rich. What's going on, buddy? Welcome back, man. How's Cali treating you?
1: That's nah, good. I just flew in uh, a couple hours ago, and uh, no problem so far. You know, a lot of weirdos on the plane, but when you're flying out of JFK, it's what you got to expect, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you got, man?
1: Well, I mean, you've been shitting on G4 for a while, and I could always pile on, but um, I figure I'll talk about something a little different, if it's all right with you. Is I actually, um, you know, since I was going on this trip, I actually wanted to try out using the iPad on, on a plane and stuff, so I, I actually used uh, iTunes to download a couple of... Uh, High def movie rentals. So I use their movie rental service, which is like, you know, you, you download it once and you can you can watch it once over, you know, or, or for 24 hour period over the next 30 days. But they're all high def videos, so they're like they're like almost like four gigs. And right. uh, I've downloaded I don't like four movies, but the ones I watched on the plane were um, Clash of the Titans and um, the Batman uh, Red Hood. I forget what the name of it is. Under the Red Hood, right? Batman under the Red Hood. Yeah. And I have What'd to say the picture, the picture quality for both of those was like stellar. I mean, it was just amazing watching it on this little little screen and seeing how it's like. It's not Blu-ray, but I mean, it's it's better than like over-the-air, you know, 1080i uh, on your TV. And uh, I mean, reviews of the movie Clash of Titans is you know <laughs> whatever. It's just a visual, you know, eye candy. And Batman on the Reddit, yeah, you know, I liked it. I thought it was really good. It's not my favorite yeah. kind of uh, animation, you know, but. Um, it was a good story. i never read the comics. I was in the comics a
2: while ago. Well, it's good that you actually watched that. I was going to ask you: Did you feel that the, that the cartoon kept a lot of the essential roots of the character, especially with the Joker? I mean, Slick discussed, you know, his the viciousness of the character being portrayed last week. You felt that it was accurate?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I like a more uh, more brutal Joker. I think that always adds to it. I mean, a lot of times the guy he sounded sort of like. Um, uh, what's his name, Keith Ledger in uh, The Dark Knight. He had the same sort of, I don't know, voice in the same, but in certain parts. And, yeah, the, the brutality of the Joker, I mean, that's how you have to do it. If you don't do it like that, it's like, you know, it's like doing the, the PG-13 Wolverine. It's the same kind of like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a waste if you don't do them. You make them brutal, and make them really psychotic. Well, so, that's, yeah, they, that's they, they why I figured I the had. They did a good job, and then also they did a good job with um, – with, you know, the, uh, with Robin and how he was just a brutal psychopath too, you know, which was always, uh, which was always good. That was, that was a good story. I remember that reading that years ago.
2: Oh yeah. With Jason Todd, man, that, that was, a, that was a great story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Like I remembered like when it starts raining at the end and I remembered, oh, I remember this happening in the comic. It was, uh, it was very well done. I would recommend that. And even people can go watch, uh, Clash of Titans. What I didn't realize was, uh, That the same guy who directed, uh, Incredible Hulk directed this movie. And it's like the same kind of movie where it's like all action. They skip ahead very quickly. They don't dwell on any sort of, you know, developing any plot. It's just like, you know, it's like, let's get to the next big thing, next big thing, next big thing. And uh, I hope he never directs another movie again,
3: (laughs) to be honest with
2: you. Well, you know what's um, funny? I was, if you look at Ray Fiennes, wasn't look at Ray Fines, You've seen the Harry Potter films. His his portrayal of Hades was just Voldemort with a beard.
1: Yeah, he was very depressing. I felt like he you was know? Just like a, a depressed guy who who was made to sit in the corner for half of his life. <laughs> and the, his the, the wig they had on him. I mean, they pushed his hairline all the way back in Clash of Titans, and he just looked like he looked like a homeless dude. It was very <laughs> it was very weird.
2: He looked, he looked like you should see him in fucking Penn Station asking for a cup of coffee or a quarter.
1: Yeah, 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 like he'd knock on the bathroom door while you're in there and, you know, asking for change or a slice of pizza.
2: What'd you think What'd you think of Worthington as Perseus, man? See, I've had mixed reviews. Some people are like, ah, he wasn't bad. Some people are like, you know, he has fucking the personality of a fucking paper towel tube.
1: Yeah, he's basically, he basically is the Terminator. He like, he plays the same role in every single fucking movie. I mean, that's just who he is. He, he just plays that one, you know. I don't even know how he's a lead actor, how he's become so so popular. I mean, he's done Avatar, Terminator movie, and now this, and, and they're all big movies, you know. But he's just, he's just. I feel like he's just constantly trying to hide his accent, and he is sort of like wooden or, you know, he, he's not, I wouldn't put him in anything other than a big action movie. All
2: uh, right, well. You know what the thing is? You got, they, they try to focus on, and this is the new thing I'm noticing, and I like to call it shallow casting, which is pretty much hot chick or hot dude, lead role, try and write the dialogue as simple as possible. We're going to get to a point where pretty soon the lead character is just going to talk three words in the whole movie, where he's not going to say shit except hi and die and the end. Like, he's not going to well, say I mean, shit else.
1: Well, I mean, when Hollywood, you know, best, best ideas are coming up with fucking um, Yogi Bear re- remakes. I mean, what do you expect?
2: Exactly, but I noticed that it's becoming more shallow casting. Think about all these new movies and the guys that they're casting and how the guys are, or, the, or the girls that they're casting for certain roles, how fucking utterly, like, drab and, and, and mundane they are. Like, fucking like Kristen Stewart in Twilight. I think fucking Terry Scheibel does a better acting job than fucking Kristen Stewart does.
1: Harry Shiloh is excellent. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, it's
2: it's fucking terrible, dude. Well, I think what it is, I
1: think it's somehow these people get some sort of, like, notoriety, whether it's from being in, like, children's television, like, you know, like a Hilary Duff or even, like, a Miley Cyrus. uh, Or, you know, even, like, you know, Kim Kardashian is up for roles in movies, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. So it's all these very... Yeah, it's almost like soap putting soap opera actresses and actors into, into these movies, you know, just pretty boys, like you said. And it's I don't know where it comes from. They, they get some sort of notoriety, and then they just they get in with um, with these directors. It's very weird. I mean, well, you, you, I'm sure that if you if you gave it some time, you could probably, you know, you couldn't come up with ten actors or actresses that you thought were really talented. You know, especially if you eliminated like the ones from our growing up, like De Niro and Pacino and all those guys who are older now. But, I mean, of this generation, I, I dare you to find ten, ten people that you said, oh, wow, they're, they're really good as leads.
2: Well, b- before I let you go, I can actually read you this piece of news. According to Variety, Rihanna will be making her film debut in Peter Berg's Battleship movie. She wow. will store alongside Taylor Kish and Alexander Skarsgård. The film is scheduled to open May 18, 2012. Battleship will focus on a massive naval adventure across the seas and the skies and over land as well as the planet fights for survival against a superior force. Taylor Kitsch stars as the naval officer who leads the fight. Alexander Skarsgård plays his brother. And it's going to be Rihanna's film debut. Who,
1: who's playing the battleship?
2: I think it should be Samuel L. Jackson.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll gross more than $5. I mean... First of all, a movie about battleship is bad enough, and then you're gonna put in Rihanna, who's like i mean she's a popular singer and everything, but you know glitter is all I have to say about that <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh yeah exactly jesus Bru- i mean that's that just sounds like it sounds like the dartboard you just you just threw things at the dartboard, you know, joking around, and this is what you came up with you know you're like movie about battleship, rihanna, <laughs> you know, like aliens you throwing
0: that, like yeah, let's make that it sounds awesome.
2: Dude, not for nothing. And reading the plot for Battleship, it sounds like fucking Independence Day.
1: And you know it's going to have to have over a hundred million dollar budget to do all the all the battle scenes.
2: Well, you know what? I hope I hope that as the battles play out, they do an alien view where they're watching the battle, and it looks like the fucking board game.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope that while the uh, battle is going on on down going down on Earth, the aliens are looking at their fucking radar, and they're like. We must launch. We must launch rockets into sector B6. And they <laughs> oh blow- yeah, you,
1: oh, you know, yeah. You know like
2: they're like gonna—they're the- gonna try and do some board game tie-in.
1: Uh, well, you know they gotta to- where they how are they gonna throw the tagline in? You know, you suck by battleship.
2: I guarantee That's- you, when the aliens fucking hit B6 and Taylor Kitsch's brother gets fucking killed, he goes, "You suck my battleship. My brother's dead." Uh! Like that's, and that's when
0: you
1: pull the trigger of the shotgun in your mouth.
2: That's it. That's when you do the old Kurt Cobain and ended. <laughs>
1: that sounds. Uh, that sounds brutal. I don't know if that's worse than the Yogi Bear movie. I, I don't know if everybody who's listening to the show has, has watched the trailer on, on your website, but
2: uh, that was. Yeah, that. That was. Uh, that was
1: highlight up. of my week. Or the low light of my
2: week, I should say. Dude, as, lo- as soon as Yogi Bear was dancing and they were playing rap music, I said, "Fucking shoot me, shoot me." <laughs> As soon as I hear animals and rap music, like, as soon as I heard Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, and they were fucking, they were singing, like, a rap song in Target, I was like, uh.
1: Well, at least it's in 3D, so, we know, Slick will be real excited to see it.
2: Oh, yeah, Slick will love that 3D. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is, all right. Well, uh, have a good rest of the show, and I'll, uh, I'll speak to you later on.
2: Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate the call. Thanks. See ya. All right. All right. You know, the Rihanna news was so fitting that I figured, it, you know, I, I applaud Josh for calling in. I appreciate it, because he gave me the perfect setup for it. The fact that Rihanna's going to be in a movie is fine. You know, I have no issue with that. But the fact that they're going to make sure to throw her in, like, the the big-budget movie based on a board game is just <laughs> fucking shit. But it gets better. Justin Timberlake, of course, you've seen him in such great movies as Alpha Dog, Shrek the Third. Southland Tales, Black Snake Moan. Well, Deadline is reporting that he's in a new movie, in a movie called I'm Immortal, or Immortal, opposite Amanda Seyfried from Jennifer's Body. The two previously starred together in Alpha Dog. Immortal, or I'm Mortal, is set to begin filming this year. The plot, let me tell you something. This plot, before I read it to you guys, is just an excuse for them to cast young, beautiful people in the role. And I'll tell you why right now. Here's the plot. The plot synopsis is as follows. I'm immortal, or I'm mortal, starts with time becoming currency. Once you turn 25, your aging gene turns off, in which case you must buy and bank time. If you're rich enough, you can live forever. But if you run out of time, you're engineered to die automatically. When a rebel from the ghetto, which I guarantee you is um, Justin Timberlake, is falsely accused of murdering a wealthy man for his time. He is forced to go on the run with a beautiful rich hostage, Amanda Seyfried. Together, the duo rages against the system. Living minute to minute, they discover that love is more powerful than all the time in the world. Aw, oh, how fucking cute. The fact that the, that the movie states that you, that at 25 you can't age anymore, and if you want to stay young, you have to buy your time is an interesting concept, but behind that whole thing is the excuse for them to chat to cast young, beautiful, 25-year-old actors and actresses. That's what that is. The fact is, you're going with this interesting plot, which sounds deep, you know, very, very dark city-ish, very Repo Man, very island-like, but... Again, you're, you're, you're using it not so much for the story, but for the excuse to have young, talented actors and actresses on screen. That's what that's for. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say talented and young actors and actresses in the same, in the same fucking speech, but the fact is that's what they're going with. And, again, I don't mind too much when the storyline is semi-original, but the fact is that it's just a storyline set to be able to cast young people in these roles because they want to talk about time being currency. That's what that is. I I mean, they tried to do it with Repo Men, which, if you haven't seen, was a halfway decent movie with uh, Forrest Whitaker and Jude Law. It wasn't the worst shit ever. But it was decent. I mean, they did the same thing with Equilibrium to an extent, you know, that post-apocalyptic future where some shit gets outlawed and people revolt against the system, blah, blah, blah. Happened with Eon Flux. Happened with all these other fucking futuristic flicks. So the fact that they're going this route, not shocked. Will it be successful? Probably not. But then again, Justin Timberlake is in Social Network, which is a fucking movie about Facebook. So... If people are excited about a movie about Facebook, then I'm sure I'm Mortal will get views just the same, which which is terrible, but that's the way it's going to go down. That's for sure. Um, who is 407? I'm thinking it's Dark Helmet. Helmet, is that you? Yes,
5: sir. What
2: do you got, my friend?
5: Okay, on this I'm Mortal, Immortal thing, whatever. Okay, I have to agree with you. The, con- the original concept does sound pretty cool, but of course, you know that as soon as anything gets out, just the title is going to immediately start Highlander jokes. Immediately.
2: Yeah, there is, only- there is definitely Highlander in there. Highlander influence.
5: I think he should make a cameo just for the sh- just for the shit of it. Like, There can only be one. Who knows? Maybe he'll cut off someone's head for the fuck of it. I don't know. But not only that, I'm, as soon as you said, like, time is currency, saving time, I'm thinking, okay, now we can mix in some Back to the Future and other time travel references because it's just going to get, well, weird.
2: Well, you know what the worst part is? That, their, that their, their definition of saving time is that, let's say you're supposed to live till 80. When you get to 25, you've got to take all your years of life, from 26 and on and you got to save them or you got to buy more years. That's what the that's what the synopsis for the movie is going on. When they mean time, they mean how long you're going to live because when you turn 25, your genes they shut down. So basically, you, it's pretty much like like Candare and Spaceballs, you know, where you got a fucking which is a reference you'll relate to where, you know, if we don't ha- if you don't take canned air, you have no oxygen and you die. It's the same thing with, with with this, if you don't have time, as in years, you'll die automatically after 25 if you don't have your years saved up. That's where I feel the concept is going.
5: Yeah, and it could, it could um, if you get a good story out, it could be um, like really like intense and dramatic because people want years, and then you could have people who are hoarding years, and people want to buy time and have a black market, and have, have a hero who's trying to, find out what the hell's going on, why you're, like, some people living forever when other people are dying off and getting killed off early because people are stealing time and all this. You could go really far with it if you tried, but you don't just well, need to cast beautiful people. You can have some crazy shit
2: happen. Yeah, but that's that's where they're going with the whole with the, um, with the plot in general because it's a rebel from the ghetto that's falsely accused of war- of murdering a wealthy man for his time. So, Pretty much, there's probably some guy that's like 180 years old that gets killed, and he, somebody needs that 180 year old time so that they can live forever. That's, that's where it's going, but if you look at it, like I said, we're going back to shallow casting. We're going back to, you know, let's make sure everybody's under, you know, 25 or at, or at least looks 25. I guarantee you that Justin Timberlake being cast, look at him. He always looks young. Amanda Seyfried, same thing. I'm more than sure you're going to see more casting of just people that are, you know, that w- that are in people's, you know, top 100 most beautiful people kind of shit. Like, you're going to see different young people like that tossed in this movie, whether it's going to be as cameos or as secondary characters, but you're going to see lots of them, especially for that.
5: Uh, yeah, it makes sense, but still. So They're trying to capture
2: that Dark City vibe, dude. They're going for that shit.
5: Yeah, but Dark City was actually a real mindfuck. It, it was. It, maybe, maybe. It all depends on how it works out.
2: Strider, Strider gets it. He's on fire with the comments tonight. He asked if you get rollover and you can roll over your time. <laughs> uh,
5: that, would be interest. that would be an interesting plot twist if you could put it in a, like, oh, yeah, how do you do it? I got rollover, bitch. how? You got to join the network. What network? Skydamp, motherfucker. And then well,
2: he's like, eh, it's 300 you shut the fuck up. Well, you know, what, you know what's happening? I, it, it's funny that he brought up that reference of rolling over time because I think that's where the plot is going. They probably killed this wealthy guy who probably has tons of years under his belt so that you can roll it into your time since you got to buy it. It's probably rolling over. It's pretty much like here's life dollars and I just killed the guy with the most life dollars, you know?
5: Or they'll, or they could possibly go Robin Hood. They, they rob from the rich 180, 250-year-old people to the people who have, like, three years left. They're like, here, have some years, have some years, have some years.
2: This guy's 400, let's get him. I mean, you, you have a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, like I said, I, I, feel, I feel there's shallow casting behind it, but we'll find out what happens in a few months because I think they're going to start... Doing some principal photography before the year is out, and they're probably going to start releasing some other casting news. So definitely one to watch in in the coming months for sure.
5: There's definitely potential for good,
2: or if it's just like anything else Hollywood ever puts out, it'll crash and burn. That's all right, dude, because there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of last pieces of the of the puzzle that you're going to enjoy besides this.
5: Oh boy!
2: Oh yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for your call.
5: Good yeah, you.
2: Peace. All right. In some other superhero news, of course, Christopher Nolan is set to produce the reboot of Superman, set for 2012. Of course, rumors are running rampant of who's going to play Superman. Last week, I said that Chuck's Zack Levi was one of the ones considered. Oh, but it gets better. They're talking about Joe Manganiello from True Blood, who plays Alcide the Werewolf as Superman. Which is absolutely fucking terrible. Because that dude has no Superman vibe about him. They're looking at him. But here's a good one. For those of you that like Mad Men, they're looking at John Hamm as playing Superman. Not for nothing, if anybody can probably do it, Don Draper can definitely pull off Superman. Clark Kent? Nah. Superman? Definitely. So that's where we're at. Right now, the, it's up. It's in the air between those three, Levi, Manganiello, and John Hamm as Superman. It's 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 crazy that that they're really going in like these really weird angles. Zach Levi might work. I think he you know you got definitely needs some time in the gym. He can play the nerd really well. I don't know how he can play as Superman because he really doesn't have that voice of I'm Superman. You know like I command respect. But those are the three guys you've got to look out for. John Hamm, Joe Manganiello, and Zach Levi. <sighs> fucking Superman casting, I swear. It gives me fucking gas because it's so fucking mundane and stupid. You mean to tell me you can't find... Nothing was wrong with Brandon Routh other than the costume and the bad writing for the movie. He makes a, a good Superman. He did a really great job as Clark Kent. He even did a good job as Superman. It's like why don't you just stick with what you got and just get a better writer? Nolan is good man, and his brother's writing it why don't you just stick with that instead instead of continuously recasting the shit? but you know once in a while a, a little bit of movie news comes across my desk that's just that just makes me ask why there's three move there's three bits of news here i'm going to discuss that are definitely why news for sure Zhang v from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Hero is set to produce and star in a live-action ang- live English-language 3D film of Mulan, which is being produced and backed by Disney, who did the animated version in 1998. The film is set to have a $100 million budget, and of course it's going to be about Hua Mulan, who's going to be played by Zhang Ziyi, who impersonates a man to enlist in the army in her elderly father's place, blah, 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 blah. Charles Russell, who did The Mask and The Scorpion King, is set to direct. So you're going to do a live-action version of a Disney movie from fucking ten years ago. I mean, yeah, live-action, it's, it's a good story, but Mulan? Why? Does anybody really give a shit about that movie? I mean, it was, it's like my sister is a huge Disney fan, you know, And regardless of her having autism, she's always gravitated towards Disney products. And she loves the Disney princesses. And this is a great example of how, how non-factor Mulan is. You, I bought her a Disney princess box that had, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, Princess Jasmine, who's her favorite, um, all these princesses, and Mulan was in there. And my sister opened it up. My sister doesn't like Cinderella for some reason, tosses Cinderella to the side, looks at Mulan, stares at her for a bit, and I think she just put her back in the box and just threw the box in the garbage and kept Princess Jasmine and the rest of them. Like, Mulan is a, is a, is a good character in terms of if you want to do a live-action movie, but the fact that the, the cartoon came out first, they marketed the shit out of it and made all their money, and now they want to make a live-action I think the Mulan movie would have been good first as a live-action movie, especially if you would have gone with, um, you know, if you would have done an epic movie like t- Crossy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hero, Mulan would have been good. But to bring those type of, of Chinese epics now to the big screen, unless Tony jives in some shit fucking people up, I don't see it being successful here. I mean, Disney will probably try and market it as such but, like, you know, going towards, like, they, like, what they did with Enchanted and things like that. But I just don't see this being, taking off here in America. I guarantee you in China it'll make a fuckload of money. But here, uh, not so much. Um, last two bit of, last bits of news. I mentioned this on the Facebook fan page, but there is talks of doing a remake of Total Recall with Len Weissman directing it. So, you have a Total Recall remake with Len Weissman doing it. Ugh. Why? What what is so alluring about Total Recall that it deserves a fucking remake? Like, seriously. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was good, but it wasn't fucking great. I mean, Total Recall is a cult classic, but it's not something that warrants a remake. It's... Ugh. Again, just just digging into the hole of shit and shoveling more shit on it. it it's, it's really absurd that this is what it's come down to. And last but not least, to wrap up the movie news for tonight, J.J. Abrams is taking a story set in the robotic age. Well, it, it, it's a robot story set in the Victorian age. It's going to be released under the Bad Robot banner, and the movie's going to be called Boilerplate, History's Mechanical Marvel and it's based on a graphic novel-slash-picture-book hybrid by Paul Gwinnon and Anna Bennett. Paramount has purchased the distribution rights. Okay. In reading that, let me me tell you guys about the fucking plot for this. Boilerplate tells the story of the world's first robot, who in the late 19th and 20th centuries fought alongside Teddy Roosevelt and Lawrence of Arabia, journeyed to the South Pole, and was involved in the silent movie business before disappearing on the battlefield of World War I. Gwinnon originally pitched the concept and character via a website 11 years ago in trying to drum up interest in a graphic novel. The site eventually took a life of its own when people started believing the robot and its history to be true. The book was published last year. So basically, you want to do a, uh, something similar to iRobot, except you want to add Forrest Gump to it. That, that's what you're telling me. You're doing iRobot. Slash Forrest Gump. That's what I'm gathering from it. You're getting iRobot slash Forrest Gump.
0: It's
2: it's, it's fucking shit, man. Really, it really is insane that that's what it's come down to. You want to do iRobot slash Forrest Gump. Of all the shit you can do, that's what we're going to go with. iRobot slash Forrest Gump. Fucking ridiculous ridiculous. I think of all the shit you can possibly do, you're going to go with that? Why? Fucking, the, and, and on top of that, you're going to do a, a movie that's going to take place in the fucking, in the 20s. Not even that. You're going to, it's going to take place with him fighting alongside Teddy Roosevelt and fucking uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Ugh. I like what Dark Helmet said. It's I, Robot Gump. <laughs> Rob, fucking Eye <I>, Cockbot. <laughs> Holy shit. It, it, really, it really has hit the fan with this bullshit. But the worst part is that all of these movies, I guarantee you, are going to be fast-tracked. I guarantee you, at least Total Recall, the remake, is going to be in 3D. I'm telling you right now, 100%. The shit's going to be in 3D. Then, you're going to... In addition to that, you're going to do Boilerplate. Which is which is just as much of a fucking shitty-ass title. Oh, look at me, I'm Boilerplate.
0: Ugh. Again, it's... Ugh.
2: You know what? That's going to wrap up the show for this week. It really is terrible. Again, um, happy birthday to my nephew John... Bronx, and Bob, you've just listened to My Take Radio episode 52 for Thursday. Actually, is it 52? It might be fucking... It's 53. Sorry. You've just been. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 53 for Thursday, July 29th, 2010. If you'd like to email me with any questions, concerns, or to be a guest, it's mtrhost at gmail.com. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show account at my Take Radio. You can also follow Slick on Twitter. It's at MTR Slick. You can also follow my personal account, which is twitter.com/Akuma25. A K U M A, 25. If you're on MySpace, look for My Take Radio on MySpace. It's myspace.com/MyTakeRadio. And of course, the Facebook fan page: facebook.com/MyTakeRadio. Last but not least, of course, get all your news, reviews, and all the bullshit we cover at mytakeradio.com or stop by the forums mytakeradio.com slash forums with that said that's the end of the show we're going to be taken out with some video game music this week it is going to be the Super Street Fighter 4 outro music by Pixie Tricks and Zircon which is based on the music from Hakon stage in Super Street Fighter 4 that's what's going to take us out thank you all for listening I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.